Recorded live. Love that guy. Anyway, thanks for coming, everybody. June the 10th, 2016. And we're just talking law. Uh, all sorts of different types of law. So uh, welcome, Colin, Cheyenne, and North Virginia, guest four. Um, so guest four already has a question. Which show is he speaking of? Um, he was Guest four, he was speaking of the show last Friday evening here on um, Canada Common Law Show, on this show here. I presume that's the one that Colin was talking about, about what he had spoke of last week. Yeah, well, well, there's, we're ta- we actually talked about three shows. One, which was your show last week, which I, which I think came out pretty good. The other one is the one on Angela Stark's show, mm-hmm. um, which was last night, I believe. Yeah. And then we're also talking about the one I did on Tuesday, which uh, I haven't done a show on mine, which is 126101. I'm going to write that down. One two six one zero one. Six one zero one. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and Colin. that's the American Reconstruction Project, um, which I basically stopped doing about a year or more ago because people weren't doing anything. I was giving all sorts of. I know it was a little bit dry because I was reading uh, law, I was reading statutes, and I was reading case law that was pertinent that we could, you know because a lot of people were involved in cases and this stuff was useful and it was a matter of knowledge that I felt that, well, at the time, of course, I was trying to educate myself and I was Mm -hmm. very undisciplined. So what I was doing was reading it to other people, forcing myself out of caring for other people to actually hear and read it myself. So that's how that kind of came about. And, uh, but it, it, excuse me, it got a little bit dried out, I guess, and, uh, we ended. We started off with quite a few, and ended up whittling down more and more people because people like to be entertained. I found out they like the controversy. When we had a show of yelling and screaming, we must have had like 150 people. But when I was doing and reading statute and law and cases that won, uh, you know, we only had and no interruptions. It was 10 or 15 people. So it's rather a, a sad statement on our society, actually, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk tonight about. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the one of last week, one two six one zero one, started out with Barry because Barry never got a chance to really um, tell his story. If you remember on your show the week before, we kind of got distracted and distracted and distracted, um, which in some ways is okay. But I wanted Barry's story to come out because when I talked to him privately and I heard his whole story, and it's really an amazing story if when you listen to them. And um, so I wanted him to come on, and he had somebody else that was kind of in the same position or had the same perspective anyway. And um, we just kind of got off track on mine for about the first hour, hour and a half. But then the last two or three hours, I thought, came out pretty good. We had some pretty good stuff. Now, last, I think the other thing was on your, it was, uh, I get confused with different shows. Mm -hmm. It was a guy named Bob. I think it was on your show. His name was Bob. And I, and I sent you an email to apologize because um, um, Roddy got me to listen for his own purposes, but he got me to listen to that show again. And I realized that I actually had jumped the wagon, didn't, did not know that Bob was, was um, on a good roll. He was sharing some very good information. He had a really good laid out of foundation. He was getting ready to, to put it all together. And then he got interrupted and yeah. interrupted again and again and again by Roddy, 
Um, and then we came in and kind of took over the show because I thought, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I'm late. And I thought you guys were just chitting. At that point, it sounded like it was just chit-chat, not going anywhere. So I kind of jumped in and wanted um, um, Barry to tell his story because, you know, he has facts. He has case law. He has his own real life. I uh, Just to lay a foundation, I really, these days, and I, this is after me, you got to understand, I've been at this for eight years doing this. And I kind of wasted three years of my life in Skypes and this and the other thing with people that... I call them armchair warriors. And what they do, they're not really looking for solutions. They're just looking for controversy. And if there is no controversy, they'll just jump in and challenge people and try to piss people off and try to shake them down and try to cause disruption and poke. You know, they just want to poke poke you. Mm -hmm. And that's why my temper gets very fast because I know that it's going nowhere. I've already experienced it. And 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 quite frankly, if we were in one room, I'd jump up, grab them by the neck, put them on my knee, and give them a spanking because that's what, what they're doing is disrupting. I really I don't have tolerance for it. Yeah. You know, I normally don't tell my age, and I'm not going to tell you my exact age, but I'm over fifty. Okay, mm-hmm. and I left home at fourteen. Mm-hmm. At six years old, I was in charge of a twenty-four ton vessel out in the middle of the ocean. Okay. I've worked three jobs since I was 14, or actually 13. I've worked three jobs and went to high school and graduated a year early. I went into the military and volunteered when other people were burning their draft cards, okay? So my life, is, and I've always had two or three jobs going all the time, even when I had my own businesses. When I shut everything down, I had six businesses going on. I had 32 properties, and I was getting ready to manufacture my inventions. So I've accomplished a lot. I've done stuff with, you know, I've built houses with my own two hands. I still will get up on a roof and do the roofing. I'll do the fencing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had three guys working for me in a crew, and I ended up firing them all because I could put fencing in twice as fast without having to pay idiots to distract me. Yeah, yeah, I understand, Colin. You see what I'm getting at? So, I mean, when I talk, I'm talking about real-life experiences, and I have no patience anymore for these armchair warriors that run around and come up with some convoluted crap that they won't test out themselves and won't do it. So I, when I get short-tempered, there's a reason for it. You're wasting my time, and I should be doing my 40, uh, 42, 1983, which will make a big difference. I'm here to help everybody else and, and to help myself as well. By sharing it, it helps me to, to put it together, but I really don't need that so much anymore. I'm really here to try and help change people's mindset and once people get their mindset in the right direction, we will manifest a different reality. Mm-hmm. But we have to get people out of it. So that's a good segue right into what I was talking about. This guy last night, bless his heart, he has this wonderful principle concept and he laid it out so beautifully. He really did a great job. On the uh, Andrew's show? On, on Andrew Stark show, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I listened to some of it. And he was talking about how you have, you know, and he's referring to the Bible and how you have to give it up in order to get it back. And he's talking about the liberties and how the birth certificate and how your parents signed you away and so on and so forth, all that stuff. Yes, yeah. And it all sounds good. And there's, but there's one major fallacy, one major problem with all of this. And I've heard it at different ones, um, a different, different ways. Batman did something similar to that. I want to play ignorant. Um, I have a little bit of, a little bit, not nearly as much with Carl, only maybe, you know, two or 3% um, of, of this with Carl, but most particularly with these other people, because here's the thing. It took me years to figure it out. 
that we have a, a disease, dis-ease. We have a disease in this country, and it is, and I haven't put a name to it yet, but it's the inability of the American people to conceive that people, not persons, people in offices of public trust are engaged in unlawful activity. For some reason, the American people cannot get their head wrapped around the fact that power corrupts and power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. They keep finding excuses that we have done something wrong. And and if I, by the way, if I talk too loud or I start yelling too much, I'm on speakerphone, just let me know and I'll remodulate, okay? Okay, <laughs> you're fine. Because I get excited about this stuff. I'm very passionate about it for a reason. I know. Um, so... Um, so what, what the problem, and, and, I, and it took me a while to figure it out myself because I was going along with all of these concepts and theories and birth certificate this, I, oh my God, I just, I've got a whole folder of what's called the absolute, uh, absolute declaration, uh, absolute proclamation is what I called it. And go look up, I did so much study and, the, and it's beautiful. Uh, I have one that is in, the words themselves are centered, right? You know how you do things, uh, left margin, right margin, center? And it's centered, and it is in the shape. The words themselves cause the shape of a man, and I have another one that's in the shape of a woman. And when you put your name or your, your actual, your given name in there, it will change the way it's laid out. It'll still look like a woman. It'll still look like a man. But it will change, and the reason for that is it's like a key, that it cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. When it is yours, it's unique. And you can read it backwards. You can read any sentence backwards or forwards. It still will give you the same meaning. I spent months on these. And so I'm just, I'm just sharing that the background. that I, I've been there. I've done that. But in the end, after years of this stuff and listening to other people's things and coming out with my own and so on and so forth, I start, that's why I started reading statutes and laws and I started realizing, oh, my God, the system is already out there to protect us. It was created to protect us. The problem is just this simple. We have common criminal activities. Yes, we have layer after layer after layer of common criminal activities. We have conspiracies that use common criminal mindsets. We have uh, uh, conspiracies of people who supervisors who can oversee people who have no mind whatsoever. And, and will do whatever they're told to do, which is another major problem, which I call a J-O-B mentality. And so I started, I was talking to Shay last, uh, last night or today, I think it was actually earlier, covering an awful lot of things. And one of the things that I started realizing was part of my experience is that I've had my own businesses. And I've, I've studied how I was going to do a corporation at one time because when my when I start manufacturing my inventions, I was going to go worldwide with it. So I was going to need to, to create some sort of a corporate entity. But I chose not to because you have to have a board, you have to have meetings, you have to have an office that is open. So I know all of these foundational things. I've done stocks. I've done commodities. I've done uh, the markets. I've done shorts. I've done, um, what are they called, uh, the contracts. I've done the... Um, Options. I actually, that's where I turned two grand into twenty into forty eight grand in less than three days was with options. Okay, so I have all of these, and I was a licensed real estate agent. Okay, for a year I did Remax, which is basically an independent 
real estate agent. So, you know, and I became a, a licensed insurance agent. So I have all of this experience that I've done that makes me see things, I think, from a different perspective. And that's what I realize is that most people that we're talking to, not all, but most people have never owned their own business. They've never had employees. They've never had to make rules. They've never had to create policy in order to get these people that are not there to help you, are not there to do a good job. They are there to get paid. And they will do the least amount possible to get paid. Mm -hmm. And if they think they can steal from you, most of the time, not all, they will. If they, because let me explain what stealing is. Stealing is when you get paid to do a task and you don't do it to the fullest extent. You do the least amount necessary and still expect to get paid the full amount. That's still thievery. When you hire yeah. somebody, you want them to do the best job that they can do. You want that to be a quality product, and people don't do that. So you have to create rules. You have to create policy to cause these, I call them children, okay, because that's what you are. You know, they refer to the Bible. In the Bible, it talks about when you're a child, you act as a child. And you drink milk, but at some point you have to put away the things of a child and become an adult. And I realized that 90% of Americans, I call them Americans because they can't do anything for themselves. 90% of Americans are complainers, but they're not doers. And they've never been in a position where they had to manage and they had to supervise. They had to constantly do things. And that's why I always tell kids when you go to McDonald's and they're complaining about the job, I said, oh, no. That's the most wonderful job in the world. They go, what are you talking about? I'm sweeping floors and I'm cleaning up grease pits. It's disgusting. I said, oh, you have the perfect opportunity to get better than a college education because you can learn every facet of a successful business. It's a very small building, and every aspect of that building is there. Keep your eyes open. Get your job done quickly. Do a good job, and then look over the shoulder of the supervisor. Watch him do the books. You know, volunteer for bringing in the stock from the from the truck and see how this is all done, or not organizing the walk-in. Learn everything. I went. I, I studied everything. I learned how to do the the fries, the chicken, the 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 uh, the fish, all the 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 apple the apple turnovers. All of these things have different oils and they have different greases, and you have to have them at different temperatures. You have to take a course on on, and that's the thing. Marriott Corporation is real smart. Before you can use or start doing the chicken and the pressure cooker, you take. You have to sit down and watch a video on it. They have a video, three hours of video before you're hired, a three-hour video that you have to watch, and, you know, and part of that is cleaning your hands. Can you believe you have to tell people to clean their freaking hands? You know, they treat them like children. For me, it was boring because I was raised, quote-unquote, correctly. You know, I know how to eat with two, two hands, the fork in the left, knife in the right. Most Americans, they cut, put the knife down, and bring the fork over to the right hand and stick it. I mean, how, what a waste of energy. I never understood that. And that's silly, you know? Not only that, but if I'm sitting at a table, it's a matter of, uh, because, you know, being in the military and being in the wild and living on a boat and so on, you all automatically have to defend yourself. So, you know, you want to have that knife in your hand, not on your table, <laughs> you know, not on your plate. And then the, the thing is, when you're done with the meal, you put the knife and the fork on the right side at a 45-degree angle. Why? Because you serve on the left, you pick up from the right. This is so that when you're sitting close together at a big banquet table, the server can easily come in with one hand, put his thumb over the knife and fork, grab the plate, and they won't have dishes and, and, and utensils flying all over the floor. There's a reason for everything. 
But most employees, they don't ever think that there's a reason for anything. They're just, okay, I'll do it. I have to do it. I guess I'll do it. I have to do it. Am I going to get caught doing it? No, I'm not going to get caught. I don't, I'm not going to do it then. And it's really, it's a sad statement, but this is what I'm realizing that this is why people don't understand what I'm sharing, which is we are the managers, we are the grantors, we are the kings, and we have to manage our government. Government, it is meant to be governed. That's why these statutes and laws are ours to govern the government, which means the officers, the people that hold an office have to be governed because they're granted powers, limited powers, but power corrupts. So if they can get away with it, and this is true, what do bullies do? Bullies aren't granted any power. They grant it to themselves by taking it. And the rest of the population allows it to happen. And all you have to do is get a bully by themselves and beat the crap out of them, and all of a sudden they're not so powerful anymore. It's because they have a group of people behind them that are you know, poking fun at you. The first thing they do is they do what? They poke fun. That video of this little skinny kid who finally had enough, when the guy slapped him in the face, he picked him up and body slammed his ass and knocked him out. And, every, and that went viral. People love that, but they won't do it themselves. So I wanted to share this one thing, and, and, and I am on a bit of a rant. I'm sorry. And this is going to sting a little bit. But I thought about common law when I was talking to Shay. We were having a great conversation, and it kind of slipped out. I said, you know what? You know what common law is if you know nothing else? Common law is going to court with your brother and sister. Common law is standing up for your neighbor. Common law is grouping together. Can you imagine what would happen if 1,000, 10,000 people went to these courthouses, went to these courtrooms, and pushed right past these unlawful search and seizure things and said, get out of the way. If you don't have a warrant, get the hell out of our way. Went in there into a courtroom and said, now, judge, you do one thing that we don't like, we're going to lynch your ass because we know the law. That's common law. I'm going a little overboard, but I'm giving you an example. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you one real-life example. A man was going to go to jail. There's no doubt about it. They were after him. He called me up. He lied to me, but that's beside the point. But he called me up, and I said, okay, I drove two and a half to three hours to the courtroom. I challenged, again, the search and seizure, got to talk with the sheriff, and informed. he was one of the few sheriffs who knew that he had the highest uh, law in the land. And we kind of shook hands, and he finally asked me, why are you here? I said, me and my buddy over there, who was a chicken shit and wouldn't challenge either. He just, you know, admits to being searched and seized. He doesn't challenge. He thinks I'm a nut to do it. But I said, we, the two of us, are here with legal pads as lawful witnesses. That's all I told him. We are here as lawful witnesses. That man did not go to jail. Let me tell you what, when we were sitting in that courtroom, every time she did something, I wrote it down, and I looked up from my pad, her eyes, her beady little eyes, that judge's eyes, whether she was talking or not, were focused on me or my friend that was sitting next to me taking notes as well. The sheriff came in and must have given some signal or not to that, to that, to that judge because the judge at the very end says, well, I'm going to find you guilty of the charges, but I'm not going to throw you in jail today. And I'm telling you, the prosecuting attorney was fit to be tied. And it was because two people came in with legal pads and said that they were lawful witnesses. And yet people keep talking about common law this and common law that, and they won't do that. And, you know, 
uh, 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 Roddy is constantly talking about, well, aren't you staying in honor and this and honor? The reason I got so frustrated is he's full of shit because he hasn't gone to court with somebody else who stood there and, and stood up for their rights and gone there with a legal pad and said, no, we're here. As he stood up and said, you can't do that. Has he filed anything or written on, any, on anybody's behalf? This is what common law is, looking out for your neighbor. That's what it's about. If you know your, if you know your neighbor and you know all about them, why are you allowing them to go into the, to, to the den of thieves and be robbed and mauled and raped and everything else, and you, let, you know they're going to a den of thieves, and you're going to let them go there by themselves? This mm-hmm. makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So that may sting a little bit, but think about it. And common law was, was, is what some people say when you listen to it. Common law is codified. And you find, and the more cases I read, I never saw it before. But I am reading a case, and I'm reading statutes, I'm reading other stuff, and you see the term common law throughout. And it talks about the separation, the difference between common law and statute law and constitutional law and admiralty law. There is a difference. So, you know, what is it that we're doing? You know, and, and when, when Carl says, act like a man, I'm thinking, well, what does a man do? A man takes charge. A man authorizes things. You know, when they make a void order, you need to void the order. You need to notice them that this order is void. There was a bunch of other things that I wish I had recorded. It was a great conversation, but Shane and I had because we we covered a lot of ground. But I wanted to share that that really what the biggest disease that we have in this country, as far as I'm concerned, and the people that are constantly on these shows, for some reason, they cannot conceive that the that the government is perfectly fine the way it's organized. It is the people in those offices that are corrupting the office. They are doing things ultra-virus or outside of the parameters of the office that they're not allowed to do, and as a result, they're causing harm. They're causing harm to you, the man, to you, the woman, and to the public. They're violating their oaths of office. And this is, we, the people, collectively as well as individually, have the authority. And and this is why I keep talking about 18 U.S.C. 241. When you read 18 U.S.C. United States Code 241, why would you want to throw away a great protection? Thieves do not care whether you've been baptized or not. The only thing that a wolf is going to say is, well, at least he's clean, (laughs) and laugh at each other as they're devouring them. Okay? They think you're a joke. They think this stuff is funny. It may stall them for a while, but if you've given everything up, they don't have anything to steal, and thieves like to steal. I've met thieves. I've been around thieves. I've been on the street. I know what it is to eat out of dumpsters. I know I've been there, done that, experienced it. I've been around crackheads. I've been around people on heroin, totally different animals. I've been around alcohols. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Thieves are programmed that way. They, I even, most thieves that I know, the ones that are, have been doing this since they were a kid, they don't want anything given to them. They take pride in stealing. Yeah. These people take, it's no fun. It's a game to them. They love to steal. They love to thwart you. They love to wear you out. They love to do everything they can to harm you. That is their intent, is to harm you. It starts out while they want to get a little bit rich. And a lot of times when you get a bad attitude from some of these other public servants is because they have been threatened when you go in there and you straighten them out and you tell them this and they go, oh, wow, and they're helpful to you. 
That supervisor comes over there, rings their ass, and says, if you continue with that attitude, you know, what ends up happening is they're blaming you for them almost losing their job and being, you know, on probation now. So they're nasty to you because they see you as the cause of their problem. When in actual fact, it's their supervisor that's caused the problem by telling them to, to, to treat you like shit and, and, and to not allow you to file whatever you want to file and so on. You know, we're, file, we're finding out that they're corrupting the record. They're pulling things from the record. Shay talked about how they had uh, uh, put her documents that she had filed in there, which was the, um, the whatever it's called, the, what, when they released the release form of, of a mortgage, that she had filed that into her case. And they sealed it. They said, oh, we're going we're gonna to put it under seal. So she went in there and was furious because they wouldn't uh, unseal it. And she said, well, I want a copy of it, right to a copy of it. And when they printed a copy out, it was gibberish. They're corrupting the public record, okay? There's no common law. There's no uh, uh, baptism or anything that can get around the fact that these clerks, these officers are corrupting the public record. Those are our records. It's not their records. It's not their court. It's not their money. It's not their fiat money. It's not their government. It's ours. And to run away from that which we created just makes no sense to me. Why would you want to, you know, I, I understand what he was saying. It makes sense. Well, you want to get away from, uh, you want them to do everything for you. But if you listen to what he said, you can only have one home. You only can have this. Why? I want to do good. I want to have many homes, and I might want to have a wonderful home that I can rent cheaper than anyone else. I want to build homes I want to, and, and sell them at a cheaper price that, that are made out of recycled material. I have inventions that I want to put in those homes that produce electricity so you, don't, you can get off the grid and stop paying so much money. You know, whether it's solar panels or one of my inventions or whatever it is, I want, I'm going to I'm build and design houses that are half in the ground so that because the ambient temperature of the Earth's surface is 50 degrees. So at any given time, whether you're cold or hot, you only have to raise or lower the temperature far five, 10 degrees, much more energy efficient. And there's ways that I've got where you can have plants inside your house where you're self-watering so that you can get the oxygen that you want. I have all these wonderful inventions and designs, and you're telling me that, oh, you can't do that because you have to enter into commerce and you don't want to do that? You gave all that up? It Why would we want to limit ourselves? Creator gave us everything. It's already ours. Mm-hmm. This government is our creation. Our forefathers made it for us. We're the beneficiaries. We don't have any duty or obligation to it, like everyone keeps saying. The only duty and obligation is the same one we've always had, and which says in Hale versus Hinkle, he owes no duty to the public so long as he does not trespass upon their rights. That's simple. Don't trespass upon somebody else's right. What does that mean to trespass upon somebody else's right? Trespass upon somebody's right means to tell them they have to do something they don't want to do. That's involuntary servitude. What do you not understand that? If somebody says, well, if you come into our neighborhood, you can't come into our neighborhood without telling us who you are, what you're here for, and what you, what you can do, what you can't. Excuse me, excuse me, if I don't want to do that, and you try to force me to do that, that's involuntary servitude. That is trespassing upon my right. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. If I don't want to have sex with you, then you cannot force me to have sex with you. If I don't want to give you a kiss, a hug, any of those things, if I don't want to believe in your God, if I don't want to believe in your God of what you believe, Federal Reserve notes is money, if I don't want to believe it's money, I have the right not to believe in it. Here's a simple way. Here's a very, very simple way to think of anything. What is equal? This is equality. But always there must be the flip side. Do you believe you have the right to use Federal Reserve notes? Yes. 
do you also have the right to believe that you do not that you cannot that you if you choose not to use Federal Reserve notes, do you have that right? Yes. Do you have the right to have your grass manicured and mowed and perfectly done? Yes. The opposite must be true, that I have the same equal right to not manicure and mow my yard. So long as it does not deny you the right to mow your yard and have it perfectly manicured. Maybe I like tall grass. Tall grass was around long before mowed grass was. So let's go back to the laws of nature. You see, this is what people... Do you have the right to be rich? Yes. Do you have the right to be poor? Yes. The opposite must be true or it's not equal. And it's a very simple thing to do. And when you realize that somebody else is trying to impose their will, whatever it is, whether it's religious will or political will, your belief system, and it's the same thing like these people do when they talk about the Constitution. How does it affect me? I'm not part of it. Absolutely right. You're not part of that contract. You're not part of that compact. If you choose to be a beneficiary, great. If I if I want to give, if you win the lottery, you have a choice to not go pick it up. You could do it at what you want or not. Nobody can force you to go pick it up. If you don't go pick it up within a period of time, then they're going to give it to the next person who won it. So this is a very simple thing. You cannot tell other people what they have to do or don't have to do. You can only suggest to them, and if they willingly look at taxes, Taxes are voluntary. Go back 10 years, you'll find out that on every single one of them on the forms it said it's voluntary. Well, it's still voluntary. But now it's being coerced out of us. That's the violation. Now, how can you use common law to go after them? I can use common law to keep them off of my back, perhaps. Are you, you're injuring this man. You know, and, I, and it's beautiful what man or woman comes here today with a claim against me. Let me settle the matter. I kind of do the same thing. I do what's called a bona fide offer to pay. I mean, we have a case right now where it talks about the same exact thing. Uh, what is it? I'm going to read it to you. See if this doesn't sound an awful lot like common law. Um, I'm go up because I was just reading it. Um, and it, you'll see it sounds just like uh, common law. Oh, shoot, I went too far. My bad. So, and what I'm kind of getting at is that you know, God bless it if people want to do that. I'm not going to tell the man he can't do that. Absolutely not. I will go to war and I will fight and put my life on the line and do everything I can to fight for his right to be baptized and to do the thing that that um, that he wants that he wants to do. But can he force me to do it? No. Can I force him not to do it? Absolutely not. And that's why when I reacted, uh, as I did react, and I have reacted several times, like even though on Angela's show, when I started talking, the guy was talking over me, and what was he saying? He wasn't giving information. What he was saying, all right, let's speed this along now. Let's hurry up. And I, was, you know, and I moved forward with what I was saying. He goes, okay, let's hurry this up and speed along. And after like the third or fourth time he did it, I said, you know, if you'd shut up, if the key word was if, she, Angela didn't hear it. I said, if you would shut up and quit talking over me, I could get it all out because I could talk very fast. Well, she, she muted me out and said, don't you ever tell any of my guests to shut up. Well, I didn't tell them to shut up. I said, if you shut up and stop talking over me, I can get it out. See, I'm very precise with my words, but people don't listen usually. Here, number four on this particular motion here, this particular um, actually claim. 
The constitutional standing under Article 3, okay, minimally will require that a party must, A, have suffered some actual or threatened injury as a result of the plaintiff's conduct. Sound familiar? B, that the injury be traceable to the challenged action, which is basically saying traceable to your action that caused the injury. And C, that it is likely to be redressed by the favorable decision. In other words, that that the court, by having a favorable decision, will address the injury or the damage or whatever it is that, that occurred. Now, doesn't that sound an awful lot like common law to you? Well, one, if you don't mind, um, Colin, one word there that I've, that I've learned a long time ago was the word suffer. I don't know if you know the definition that a lot of people in common law see the word suffer means to allow. Well, I got that, and I, and I, and I hear that, but and that, may that, be one, that, that may be one of the definitions. It's not the only definition. Okay, okay. Could you read that to me again? I, I, I need sure. to listen to it again. And when you go into statute and you go into case law, you'll find that they will, in, in particularly the Supreme Court, they will always say you cannot take it out of context. You must use it within the context of it. Yes, yes. So when you listen to the context, A, okay, the constitutional standing under Article 3, which we all love, right, minimally will require that a party must a, have suffered some actual or threatened injury as a result okay. of the plaintiff's conduct. Okay, yeah. So they're they're using the word suffer in a different context, which they do a lot of words. So yeah, exactly. that's why we've got to be real careful with with words and study the words. Yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you go look up def- definitions, you will see in the dictionary, one, it says this, two, it says that, three, it says that, four, it says that. And I, and you can apply any one of those four depending upon the context that it's in, and that shows the intent of what you intended. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can nitpick words together all day long, but when it's clear and unambiguous, that's what it says in law, when a statute is clear and unambiguous, and that's why if you go look at the note, I keep expressing, and this is why I believe I can win in my case, is because the very beginning words of the note are in return. Well, clearly you can't return something you haven't received, and guess what? In return for a loan, look up the definition of loan, right? It clearly says something that somebody gives, that they have, that they give to somebody else with the intent of it being returned within a specific period of time, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Have past tense have received past tense. So you have. So here we have, in return, as I just said, you can't return something you haven't received. Well, here's that word received. So uh, I promise to pay. So clearly, the promise to pay is conditional upon having received a loan. There's no question there, is there? No. So that's unambiguous. Very clear. And to me, that is common law. When it's something is clear, concise, makes perfect sense, and it, and, and it makes sense in law. That can anyone can anyone argue and say, "Oh, well, that's that's unconscionable. It's illegal. It deprives me." And that's why we have a whole section of our law, and every one of us 
at any case can challenge any statute or any law as to its constitutionality. And the Constitution is based upon the, unanim- the principles of the unanimous Declaration of Independence. Does that statute harm me? Does that statute deprive me of a common law right? And I, I got Supreme Court case law where they talked about that, that there is no statute, there is no United States Code, but it is clear that this person was deprived of a common law right. Yeah. So to me, we have a wonderful system. When we and, and when I was told this several years ago, over and over again by my mentor, I thought he was a nut. I was like, you're a jerk, you're an idiot, you're a jackass, you're telling me this thing is perfect, and yet it's the statutes and it's the laws, it's these assholes that have hurt me. But the more I read, the more I realize it's not the statutes that are hurting me, it's not the U.S. Code, it's not the Constitution, it's those people who want to misinterpret it, misapply it, and misuse it. When it says clearly in the statute and the code, that it regulates those those people that are drivers that have motor vehicles and has clearly defined motor vehicles as a vehicle that is used for the transporting of passengers or property over the highway for compensation. That's a very clear definition. When it defines person in that statute as a fiduciary, limited liability company, corporation, and shall include any municipal subdivision of the state. So I ask people when I go out there, I say, are you a person as defined in the, in the tax code? They go, oh, yeah. And so I ask them, are you a fiduciary? Uh, no. Are you, a, are you a trustee? They go, no. I said, are you a trust? No. Are you a partnership? No. Are you a, a limited liability company? No. They don't even know what that is. I said, well, chances are if you don't know what it is, you're not it. Are you a corporation? No. Are you a municipal subdivision in the state? No. I then ask them, I say, well, have you ever heard of a private party? They go, yeah. I say, well, you just told me your name is not on the list. Why do you keep crashing the party? And they laugh and they get it. But it took me years to come to the, a way of trying to get people to identify and get a concept. For me to simply tell you that it defines person as this and that, as a limited liability company, corporation, shall include them, it doesn't register because you're not used to what most people will call legalese. But if you break it down, it's very clear and concise. Are you a fiduciary? Uh, no. Right? So if you're not a fiduciary limited liability company, corporation, or municipal subdivision of the state, then you're not a person as defined under the statute, which means every time you see the word person, it does not apply to you. And at the beginning of all of these statutes, it says any person. It doesn't say anyone. Now, how do we know this is true? If you go to our, uh, 18 U.S.C. 2, now, look at 241, which starts off, if two or more persons, what? If two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate. Well, clearly, when you understand what a person is, as defined, you know that it has to do, in this case, with public servants, somebody who's holding an office. That's what it's there for. It doesn't say people, because it can't regulate the people. That's a totally different thing. This particular statute under this particular has to do with persons, public officers, okay, governmental agencies, uh, agents, excuse me. If two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate. Now, it used to say any person, and they changed it to inhabitant because they realized the mistake. The idea was to protect the people. So they, it's not just the people, but inhabitants, everybody. What is that saying? It's saying no government official, officer, agent, or otherwise. 
and a person of the government cannot conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or even intimidate any inhabitant in any state, territory, commonwealth, or district in the free exercise or the enjoyment of any right or privilege. So if you're engaged in the free exercise and enjoyment of a privilege, how can you possibly have duties and obligations? Well, you have a privilege, and therefore I can threaten and intimidate you. No, it, this is exactly what it says, just the opposite, that you cannot threaten, intimidate, oppress, or otherwise do anything to anyone who is enjoying a privilege. And I get them to hang up on me on the phone when I sit there and, and quote this that, as well as the 14th Amendment, which says that no state shall deny any, any what is it, no state shall make or enforce any law that abridges the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States. I never said I was a citizen of the United States. But it doesn't mean that I can't have all of the rights, privileges, and immunities that a citizen has. If I'm master and I'm the king, surely I have everything that my servants have and more. You know, it's kind of like when you, you, know, you buy uh, a gold membership, you know, then you get the platinum membership. Well, the platinum membership has everything that the basic membership has and everything that the gold membership has, and it has more. Right? We all know about that. You have a special credit card. You have all of, all of these things. You have everything that is beneath it and more. So to think that you have less is ridiculous. So if a citizen has, a United States citizen has their privileges, and, and, and remember, too, that it is a prohibition against the state. It says the state shall not make any law or enforce any law, whether it's written or not. Right? That's where, because of the the um, the, the, the the what do they call the Jim Crow laws, which were unwritten. You want to talk about common law? Well, then you're talking about Jim Crow laws, right? Well, no, they were unwritten laws, so that doesn't match because they're clearly violating people's rights. So what they said was that the, the state cannot make or even enforce any law that deprives somebody of their privileges and immunities. How many people ever ask about what immunities? Nobody ever talks about their immunities. We're immune from prosecution under statute and all those other things. We're immune for it. We never, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. I, I haven't pursued it yet. It's just a thought because it's definitely out there. We have privileges and immunities. Why aren't we exercising our immunities? Why don't we just go into court and go, excuse me, I'm immune from prosecution. According to the Constitution, it says that I'm immune from prosecution. What am I doing here? And it goes directly to, again, what man or woman? The only one that can bring in a, a claim against me is a man or woman because I am immune. The Constitution says I'm immune from prosecution. So why are you even here? Why have you summoned me here, clerk? And that's another thought I had. I'm just throwing stuff out there for seeds, hopefully planting seeds in people's minds. But why do we, it's the first thing we do is we waiting for the judge to come in. Why don't we go directly to the one that summoned us, which was the clerk? I thought about this today. I was like, holy crap. I usually do by habit. And I, I watch what I do by habit. But I don't follow through. I, the first thing I should do is go up to the clerk and go, why have you summoned me here today? Who has a claim against me? That's what I should be saying. Where are they? What man or woman has brought a claim today that, it, that caused you to summons me? I want to speak to them now to settle the matter before it ever gets before it ever comes into court before it ever is brought into the public. I think that's a very fine thing to do. And what I'm going to do? I'm going to test it out. 
I think it's a very fine thing to do. Excuse me, clerk, why have you, because it's the clerk who summons you, why have you summoned me here today? Who, what man or woman has a claim against me? And then they go, well, there's no man or woman. Well, then who, then how can you summons me here if there's no claim against me? What gives you the authority to summons me? It's the clerk that uses the judge. It's the clerk that appoints the judge to determine the case. It's the clerk who has the power. And by the way, they seem to be very unregulated. We're finding out they're not the honest people we thought they were. They're corrupting records. They're violating records. They're getting rid of documents. We even found out that they're sending out orders that don't exist. They're not on the record. And you know what they're doing it for? So that you'll believe it's a true order and leave the house or do whatever it is they, they want you to do. And meanwhile, they're giggling in the corner. Did you see that? Well, what's stopping an attorney? Let's do on the flip side, even if they don't have a, um, a, a clerk on the inside who's going to do what they want them to do, what's stopping an attorney from walking in there and when no one's looking, grabbing a bunch of envelopes from the court? And then sending it, which they have that red stamp, you know, the electronic stamp on it, and they create their own order. They do some scribble on it, right? We know they do this because there's millions and millions and millions of documents with, with counterfeit robo-signed documents. And they've already, each, each attorney office, particularly if they're a foreclosure office, they have their own uh, 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 counterfeit signers. Oh, here, sign this. Here. Well, what name am I supposed to sign under? Oh, do Brian Burnett. Okay, well, this one, okay. This one, I need Macaulay on there. Okay, and this one, I need uh, Ferris Cement on there. You know, whatever it is. And these people, the same hand, and, I, and I'm really good. I can actually recognize after a while, you, you do a couple thousand of these. You begin to put them in a folder, and I can actually determine which hand has forged this name, this name, this name, this name. And it's fascinating, another piece of proof on this, is that when you do enough of these, several thousands of these, you will find that each firm, this is hilarious, each firm uses only five different names. Well, wait a minute. How is that possible? If you have mortgages and you have assignments and there's all these different companies, why is it that it seems that these alleged assignments are only signed when it comes to this foreclosure firm, are only using these names for the assignments, this foreclosure firm is using these names for the assignments? That doesn't make sense. These assignments were supposed to be done outside of the firm before the firm was even thought of. Clearly shows that the firm is the one who's fabricating these documents. And I can show you, and they basically have between two and three uh, hands, I call them hands, that do the forging of the signatures, and they do generally five different signatures. And I know this because I was a master forger at one time. I learned it in high school because I got, I got into trouble because I was always late to class. And it was not out of, because I was a bad kid. It was because I was always, I was always into doing other things because class was boring to me. So I was invariably, I never wear a watch because I'm never on time for anything. And, I, and so what ended up happening is I go down to the principal's office again because being late to class, and I had a piece of paper, and it was for every class that I had to get signed by each teacher that I got there on time. Well, I managed to get there on time, but I forgot to get them to sign it. <laughs> so even though, and so I learned how to forge their signatures. So I had seven different teacher signatures that I had to forge. Right, because it was because I would forget to get them to sign it, and it was somewhat embarrassing. For whatever stupid reason, I literally forgot. It wasn't on purpose, but I always was there on time. Well, I come down to the principal's office or the vice principal's office, and they had this huge meeting. Right, they brought in all of my teachers, they brought in my parents and everyone else, 
and they asked them to determine which one was their signatures, and they literally could not tell. Now, in order for me to learn how to do that, I'm, what, all of, what, 12 years old? In order for me, 12 or 13 years, in order for me to do that, I had to study the personality of the person, and I had to relate their personality to the signature. How do they start? How do they stop? Forgeries, generally, a bad forger is easy to find because they always have a starting point and an ending point on each letter because they they're only can do one letter at a time. It's not how you forge. When you forge, you forge the whole signature with the attitude of the person. And they all have a different angle. They have a different way of looping or not looping. It's a straight draw or it's not. And they have different ways of fading out. They'll like do a real quick underline. There's a thousand things I could teach you about it. But that's the fine art of it. And because of that education, which I got many years ago, never used it since, but it was only for that purposes, um, that I learned that there, you could recognize, after a while, you can recognize one hand. A hand, even if it's forging somebody's signature and they're very good at it, they still have certain innuendos, certain things in their personality they cannot get over. Just like if you see a printed page, that's another thing that dawned on me. I started looking at these forged documents and I was able to show that these documents that allegedly came from a bank had the same printer anomalies. I call them anomalies. Just like a ty- every typewriter is unique. That's how you know without a doubt that you can see the Obama bir- alleged Obama birth certificate is forged because each typewriter, particularly in those days, every typewriter had a different position. The E will always go in a different position than the F. And so you could see that the different typewriters, and you could go around and look at all the other birth certificates at the same time period and look at the type, typewriter printed on all the other birth certificates, and it doesn't match the one on, on his. But if you go to Africa or wherever the hell it was that he was born, and you see the birth certificates around that time he was born, and you will see that they match. So this is what I call simple forensic. It's on its face forensic. A trained eye can see this very, very quickly. So you, you see how these people are forging things. We now have found, going back to the subject, that the whether it's the attorneys or the clerks doing it or, or either one or both, they are, and now today what Shay found out when she went down to the land records is being corrupted. So they're slowly, because we are not disciplining them, they're beginning to take over every facet, every aspect where we can gather our evidence. And that's why I'm teaching and trying to tell people, you need to cover your ass. You need to go down and always get a certified copy, certified and notarized copy of the entire docket sheet and do it periodically so that you can show, hey, wait a minute, this is certified by the clerk of the court. It's certified and notarized. This is everything in here. Here's the race seal. And yet, wait a minute, three weeks later, a month later, we don't see that in the record or the other way around. Like when you come to foreclosures, you show that when they first applied for the foreclosure, they're required to have certain documents. You get a certified copy of that, and then it goes to the appeals court, like in my friend's stuff. He goes to the court of, of special appeals, is denied there. He then goes to the court of appeals, which is like the Supreme Court of any other court, and that's when they present a piece of paper that has two signatures, which is supposed to be the same person, and they, even those two signatures look different, and they're often in some obscure place on a page and not even level. What the, and, and then allegedly that is the backside of an allonge. 
Well, what happened to the front side of the allonge? And it's a full piece of paper. When you go look up the definition of allonge, it's a slip of paper, a, a not a full-size piece of paper, and it must be permanently affixed to the note. Well, the fact that they brought it in, and it's not, now if it's firmly attached to the note, it becomes part and parcel, why they have every other page of the note except for the allonge. Now, who would make a copy of, of a note and not every page of it? A copier doesn't know any difference. When you put it there, somebody who is authorized or, or obligated or that's their duty, I know because, again, I've had a job. And that was my profession. That was what I got paid 3 or 4 or $5 an hour to do is to sit there in a damn copy machine, flip pages over, push it down, and get the, get the copy made. So I know what it is. I don't care what's in there. I don't even know what's in there. My job is to go and pull it out, and pull it out, and to press it down and put it right where it's supposed to be, and press it down. That's all I do all freaking day, all day. So I got really good at doing it, how to fold it without folding it, how to press it back to, so you get the most amount of page with the least amount of shadows. And how to get it so at the edges, you want to, I actually found little tricks of a blanket. A blanket works better than that flat piece because you won't get any shadows that way. And that bloody thing all day long. It depends on what kind of copy machine you have. And then how to, you learn how to get, get the powder because you've got the ink all over you. I know every damn detail about these things. So when I sit there and see that every one of these things are printed out on the same printer because every printer has the same anomaly, how is it possible that the vice president of One West Bank is going to sign an affidavit that has no letterhead on it and has the same printer anomalies as every other damn document and every other assignment that was made in, in California, in Arizona, and in Texas, and notarized in Texas, has the same damn anomalies of every other page that they filed in the case. So you, we have to manage them. We've got to manage them. We've got to stop being children and sucking our thumbs and going, oh, my diaper's wet and somebody changed my diaper and I'm just going to leave. I'm, I'm running away from it all. We created this mess by not stepping up a long time ago. Our parents created this mess. We're adults now. We have to step up and we have to start doing the things that we that our parents didn't do and probably our grandparents didn't do, and we need to take this and get it under control. Because I can assure you, you can have the best. I've got a friend. He did the whole expatriation, repatriation thing. He copied, wrote his name. He did all the stuff. And they were scared shitless of this guy. When he finally was able to get to the point where he wanted to be, they killed him. And he was, a, he was a beautiful soul. He was a wonderful man. He was a giving, loving, kind, giving man. He spent thousands of hours recording shows. And he, what he did is he took the recordings of shows, like, like this one or any other, and any dead spot, he would meticulously go through them all night long, go through each one. If somebody was talking low, he would bring the volume up. If somebody was talking loud, he would bring it down. When there was a dead spot, he would cut it out. He did all of this, this editing. This if you've ever done editing, if you've ever done a, a real show, editing a show is a whole profession. If you look on any movie, any soundtrack, you'll see editor. They're, they're, it's a huge job. And this man did millions of hours of editing on wonderful shows and, and phone calls and everything else. And it never he was just about ready to put it out. All gone, disappeared. 
So I understand clearly what this is about. I know what it means to put your life on the line. I know what it means to be threatened. I have lost, I have had my property stolen under fraudulent documents. For crying out loud, I just had 33 acres, which I own, free and clear, stolen. It's at least $170,000, if not $250,000 property up in the mountains. I bought it for my security years ago. It's one of the first pieces of property I ever bought. And I bought it in between the two mountains up in the west, western parts of Maryland because there's a mountain range between Washington, D.C. and that. So if there was a nuclear blast, it would be safe there. And there's also a mountain range be- or two mountain ranges before it so that if there's an explosion on the west or the midwest, that it will go over it. And the water that comes up is a fissure. It comes between the fissures, comes, actually comes from uh, the, the, what is it? No, it's the north, the north, whatever it is. It comes from the glaciers. And it gets squeezed up through the fissures. The water itself is almost 2,000 years old. And I didn't even know it was there, but I saw holes. It was amazing. There's, we're up at almost 2,000 feet in, in uh, elevation. And there's these small little holes, and I looked in one of these holes, and it looks like a pipe that's been broken. There's water running underneath the ground. And the deer pop holes in the ground and, and lap up the water from it. And I bought 33 acres because I wanted enough to share with other people if, if the shit hit the fan. I'm fully aware. I was in the military. I was trained in damage control. I was the first, in fact, I was the first damage control petty officer on an aircraft carrier for radiation and all the other things that can happen. I had to train even my officers. I had to train them. They, I had to pass them on their training. And that's when I started learning that officers are real babies. They didn't want to stick the mask on their face and do the suction test to make sure it's sealed which would save their stupid lives if there's a chemical, a chemical or biological agent because they didn't want to mess their hair up. And I said, no, sir, you know, I don't like you and I just assume you die, but I have a duty to make sure that you pass it. So you've got to put that mask back on within, 30, within 15 seconds and do the squeeze test, put your hands over it, and make sure there's no ear leaks. And these idiots, they couldn't even figure out how to do the simplest thing in the world. The average every idiot, what they consider idiot guys, low-life, non-officer guys, they do it the first time. Done. Can I go back to work? Yep. These guys, 10, 15 times, they still can't get it. i got to teach them how to do it. That's when I started realizing that some of these people are educated idiots. People get degrees. They're educated idiots. They got a degree that says they're smart, and what they learned is shit that's so old it's not even funny. When I was in college, I was always challenging the, the, uh, the, 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 um, the professors. I said, hey, dude, I was just came back from that country. It's not like that. Hey, I've been there. I've been there, and it's not like that. I even proved who's kind of funny. My professor in, in microeconomics, he sits there and he goes, I, I raised the issue about a college education was one of the worst investments. He goes, what? I said, yeah, statistically speaking, if you look at the numbers. And so he said, well, why don't you run the, run the class? And I was like, okay. So I opened the class. An hour later, he's sitting there scratching his head. He goes, oh, you're right. You just proved the numbers, that college education is one of the worst investments you can make. A good investment is buying a lawnmower and mowing yards, and then buying another lawnmower and hiring somebody to mow yards. And the same amount of time it takes somebody to end up coming up with $70,000 worth of college debt, which would take them the next 40 years to pay off, right? This kid... This, in fact, this is a true story. A kid, a 14-year-old kid got a lawnmower. He got another one, got another one, got another one, and he was hiring other kids, and he had a multimillion-dollar business by the time he was 16 years old. 
That's the American way. That's the common law way. This business that you have a right to a job, you have a right to a job. That's why I never believe in this in the minimum wage and stuff. You don't like it, go somewhere else. Start your own business. That's the American way. Start your own business. Start your own business. Start your own business. Common law says we don't go shop at a big, huge market store because that big, huge market store has put mom and pop stores out of business. Carl Lentz talked about it. He said, what man or woman who owns a mom and pop shop, if a hungry person came in and said, you know, I, I don't want to steal from you, but I'm at that point, I'm about ready to steal from you because I'm hungry, I've got to feed my kids. A mom and pop will give them the food. But you go into Walmart, these big stores, no, they won't. They'll arrest you. And in fact, when I used to dumpster dive, I was able to feed 15 to 20 people with what I was getting out of the dumpster. There's a great story about that uh, another day. But... Um, uh, I was able to feed all these people, and they found out that I was in there dumpster diving, and it was perfectly good food. I was amazed. The first time I closed my eyes, I, I said, okay, God, this is what i got to do. Uh, all right, because I know there's hungry people need to be fed. And I jumped in there, and I was amazed. It was spotless. It was clean. It was cleaner than some people's homes. And it was wintertime, and the stuff that they were throwing out was out of date. And yet, outside was a big refrigerator. It was freezing. So I had all this wonderful frozen stuff, it was perfectly usable, but it was out of date. And I'm distributing it to people that literally were starving to death or hungry. They really needed it. And they Do you know how many people. times people go dumpster diving, Colin? A lot. All the, all the time. Well, they used to. Now what they do is they, you know what they did to stop that? They actually sealed the dumpsters now with a, and they have a compressor piston. So right. you can't get into dumpsters anymore. It's ridiculous. No, you but, can. Different spots, you can. Yeah, you can. But there, I'll give you another one. There was one uh, that was a donut shop, and they were hand making. It was wonder. They had wonderful donuts. They were hand making all their donuts every morning, and at the end of the day, they had a whole lot of waste. They had probably one or two uh, trash, you know, those big plastic black bags full of donuts that they couldn't sell, and they they weren't going to sell them the next day because their policy is obviously selling fresh donuts. Well, we were literally the church that I was uh, I was doing, what do you call it, work for. I was donating. I was a member of whatever you call it. And we were literally feeding almost 100 people a day. And the, the church got donations to get the coffee. And I was going to go up there. I was ga- going up there with my little motor scooter. I had this, this bicycle, which I'd put a motor on, and with a big old uh, basket on it, one over my shoulder, one in the basket of these donuts carefully to try and keep them all together and get them to the church, and we'd open up the bag and carefully pick them out and then lay them out so that the homeless could come and eat them. There was nothing wrong with it. This, this, this business, the, the, the owner of the business, found out we were doing that, got angry about it, and started getting their employees to throw cigarette ashes and butts and everything else in and mush it and stomp on it and do everything they could to make sure that we couldn't uh, acquire those donuts. I went in and confronted him. I said, why? Look, he said, well, we're losing customers. I said, none of these people eating these um, can afford to eat. They never come into your store. I said, not only that, but we're advertising your place. We tell people that these came from you. So you're getting customers as a result of this. Turn a disadvantage to advantage. I said, because if you don't, you're going to be out of business. And guess what? Two months later, they were out of business. That's common law. I didn't file any actions. I didn't do anything. All I did was tell them. 
that if you don't give back to your community, if you, you know, you're going to lose our advertising. We are going to tell people that we used to get donuts from this shop up there, but they no longer, that they have done this here, and people were horrified. And they went out of business. That's common. I got, I got a question. Does Star 8 work when you're not muted automatically? Like when you call these shows and you're automatically unmuted, does Star 8 apply? You know, it puts your and, hand up on the board. Star raises your hand. Star 6, what is it? Which one is it that mutes you out? Anyone it's, know? It's Star 6. Star 6 mutes you out. Yeah. And Star yeah, 8 raises that. your hand. I understand that. But you see the difference, like when you call a show, you're automatically muted. And Sonya's is unmuted, so I didn't know if it worked the same. Well, well just mute it from your phone. You can do, you can do, you can mute individual people. If somebody's a troublemaker, you can simply click on their name and it'll mute them out. You can mute all of them individually, or you can click the button that says mute all, and then you can unmute one person at a time, which is what, uh, um, um, what Angela does. She mutes everybody out. And then when she wants somebody to speak who raises her hand or she knows who they are, then she'll unmute that one person. But again, you can still mute your own phone. When I call in and it's automatically unmuted, you hit star 8, will it show your hand raised on that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the the courtesy is to immediately, when you come on the show, you're unmuted, you should do star 6 to mute yourself out. I believe, is that correct? Yes. Oh, I just tuned in. And, and then when you want to raise your hand to be recognized, even though you're the one who's going to unmute yourself, you raise your hand uh, by doing star eight, and then the host will say, okay, um, whatever your your name is, like mine is Colin Derrick, or yours might be Roddy, Roddy, whatever it is, and say, okay, Roddy, what do you, well, what's your question? What's your, your, your statement? Unmute yourself. Okay. Yeah, I'm just listening in. I was just wondering... I just started listening. I was wondering what the subject matter topic was. What's going on? I missed the uh, start of it. <laughs> You've missed a lot then, Roddy. Yeah. Because you know Colin. He's I got a question about that, uh, Colin, Money Mike here. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I used to, you know, do, you know, try to do like a little independent thing, but, um, it's uh they got so demonized now they 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 call it the underground economy now you, what they did was they they originally did it with um like you know, like drugs and stuff and and you know trafficking and stuff like that but then, then when they passed the law then they they not passed the law but they but then they started including all the little small businesses then they keep then they kept hearing about like uh little girls getting arrested for like uh, lemonade stands and junk and that's why people like me exist and hopefully out of all of the people who listen to this there might be I realize and I and, and it's unfortunate because I, I keep thinking that I'm 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 speaking to the cream of the crop but I have to realize that I'm at, I'm talking to the ten percent and within that ten percent there might be one percent that have the concept that as I do for my brother I do for myself. Most people out there, which is, again, going back to the show the other night, the guy is telling people how you can get out of the system. What I have a dedication to do is to put these criminals back where they belong or get them out of, either out of office or properly trained so they act properly. 
I believe that we need to manage our servants, which anybody, as I was saying before, if you've had your own business, you know that people need to be constantly managed. And what I'm hoping is that there are other people like myself that would, for instance, I can see these cases. I can bring a 42-1983 up. I can go after them even in state court. I can, at the very least, I could cause them so much trouble they'll wish they never shut down that kid's lemonade stand. Okay? Um, For instance, one simple thing. If you're on the sidewalk, that's public. So they may have jurisdiction in the public. All she had to do was back up five feet to be on private property and tell them to, to screw off or to piss off. Piss off, by the way, means the same thing as fuck off in, in, in England. But I, I try not to use the F word too much as a courtesy. So if I say piss Whoa. off, it's in your mind what would you, F off. What would you call that five-feet variance? Like, instead of you offering it to the public, the public is coming to you. How, how would that change the uh, dynamics of it? Oh, you back up five feet, right? You're on it, private it, no, property. Not, exactly. They're coming on private property. You're not the offering part, a service. They usually, but this is where they usually get them, is what they're doing is they have a sign-up. And they have uh, regulations that if you're going to put a sign-up, you have to get a permit. And it has to be a certain size and this and that and the other thing and so on. So now you get regulated. But that's because what they're doing is they're imposing statute law again uh, on the people. And they're, re- they're not recognizing that you're private, so you have to let them know that you're private, that you're not doing anything that uh, uh, is commercial in nature, that it requires a permit. But they try to say, yes, you do. But that's, again, if you don't know how to assert your rights uh, on them. And what I do, if you don't know how to, this is why the one thing I teach is, you don't even need to know your rights if you know the process that I teach you, which is what? Who is asking? Who are you? Oh, you're a police officer. Really? Do you have any evidence of that? So the moment that they have anything to do with you, you end up whooping their asses and putting their tail between their legs and say, you know what? Whether she's engaged in activity that's required a permit or not, I don't give a shit because I just found out that you're engaged in something. So, so if an that's officer five years in jail. Like a, a scenario, like a, if I'm selling lemonade, yeah, I'm a little kid selling lemonade five feet from the uh, public uh, right-of-way or curb or whatever. And one of these uniformed guys come up and say, who, you know, I say, who are you? And they go, I'm a police officer. Then I'm like, okay. So this goes into that. If it's on private property, just because you see, you can see it doesn't make it public. Is that right? I don't know. Look it up for yourself. Why don't you tell us, Roddy? Teach us. I'm curious. I mean, even sometimes you can uh, see yeah, stuff that is private. Yeah, but, you know, you do this every time. You always want to shift subjects onto something else that you're curious about. And then the moment that we answer this, you'll be curious about something else that is completely off topic or off subject. I want you to learn. I want you to read it. I want you to study. And then you teach us. How does that sound? No, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying because I've never been there. I was wondering, if you can see it, it's on private property, but if an officer sees it, doesn't make it public, does it? Again, why don't you research that and come back and teach us about it? I already have, but... It's not my call. So, well, go ahead. Talk. Yeah, you've got the floor. So, teach us what what is the answer to the question. I'm in a bad area here, so I'll uh, I'll just listen in. Oh, we hear you just fine. Go ahead, teach us what it is that you studied or what you've learned so far. Anyway, even though you may not have fully uh, vetted it out, tell us what you've learned so far about your research. Well, those other things are uh, 
pretty much settled. I was asking you because you might have a scenario like if you're in court. Well, I'm asking challenges you, what, somebody. You find, what have you found out so far in your research? Well, what did you find out? That's why I'm asking you about this scenario because I'm not familiar with it or I'm not knowing this. You, uh, you, you just said that you've done some investigation on it and you've learned something. What is it? What would you do in that situation then? Yes, the difference between private and public. I, I know the difference. What I'm asking you, though, is like what if, if let's say you're a hypothetical officer, officer and you can see me doing something privately that's kind of open to the public, it doesn't make it public because it's on private land. A lot of people presume that if they can see you do it, then that's public. Is that true? What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's true? What would you do to back it up one way or the other? Would you say that because it's within the purview of the public that it that then they can regulate it because it's within the purview of the public? And what can they regulate that's in the purview of the public? Would that's you very consider easy. would I, you consider nudity if somebody was standing on the private home that's, nude? Would you that's very hard that for me to answer though. Regulatable? <laughs> huh? That's hard that's hard for me to respond to because I'm not a ten year old girl, you know. Uh, selling lemonade, so I don't this is, Sonia. That, this is Sonia. Can I, uh, can I, can I play? Um, Please. I would think the same thing. Like uh, you know, if I'm in, in my own yard doing, minding my own business and doing whatever I want to do, um, like you, you mentioned, you know, if I want to get a suntan in the nude, if somebody doesn't like what's going on in my yard, as far as I'm concerned, don't be looking in my yard because you're invading in my privacy. So, you know, no matter what I'm doing in my yard, if if I've got a lemonade stand and some friends want to come and have some lemonade with me, that's not doing anybody any harm and it's nobody's business. And it doesn't matter if we're making some sort of a trade, if they're giving me a popsicle for a lemonade or if they're giving me a quarter for a lemonade. Uh, I don't I don't think it's anybody's business. I think if we're in our private, private domain and uh, if somebody doesn't like what's going on, as long as I'm not disturbing them, I don't think it's any of their business. That's my opinion. I would agree with that 100%. In fact, I share a court case, a really fascinating court case. A woman was sunbathing actually in her backyard, which had a fence around it. And somebody complained or somebody called or somehow the cops got there. And the story goes that the, the, behind the scenes, what the cops were hanging out, peering over this tall fence for a good 15, 20 minutes, looking at her, oogling her, doing all that stuff, which right there... I, that's a suit, if you know anything about that. That's called robbery or a taking, by the way, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know that. And, um, and then they arrested her. They would not allow her to put a towel, clothes, or anything else. They took her all the way down to the police station nude, had her in a jail cell nude because she was quite good looking. I mean, they thought this was a some freaking joke or another. Well, so. long story short, she ends up coming before the judge. And she was charged with indecent exposure. And watch how the judge was able to use the law in a way to do what he should what should have been done because she didn't know how to defend herself against the statute law and so on he said well from my understanding is that woman is created by god and how, what one of us out here can say that that which god creates is indecent case dismissed love it love it she was charged with indecent exposure yeah See, and that, that, that's where you have a judge who's using, and this is what he should have been doing. 
you know, he wasn't denying the system, its stupidity and its convalescence, and he wasn't exposing uh, uh, that they had no business charging her. Those, those cops? Those cops were spying on her? You heard the story. You Hopefully you heard what I just said, that they were Some, curious. Somebody was actually googling her, goggling her. They then kidnapped her. If you want to be technical, they then invaded her privacy. Uh, she was in her own backyard. They trespassed on her property. They trespassed the moment they peered over that fence. They yeah, they, the car, yeah, okay. With the okay. To see. Go ahead. You that's know more about that. No, that's what I was looking for, the word trespass, when they actually had to go into her private capacity and charge her with something, when she was just minding her own business. That go go ahead. Does that answer your question, Roddy? Kind of? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's a good way because they they actually went on to private saying it's public and and it was a difference. So, I was, so that's what I was looking for. Well, even if they look in your window, you know, they're walking down the street and they look into your window, and we don't have to have our blinds closed all the time. And if somebody runs to the washroom in the nude, they say, "Oh, I saw, you know, so and so running to the washroom in in, in the nude, you know, at nine o'clock at night." Uh, you know who? What business does anyone have peering into your into your domain, your your property? You know, it'd be like looking into the window of your outhouse if you had an outhouse outside, and they happen to look in there and see that you know whatever. Yeah, that's. There's actually a case, and I, I I'm still trying to find. I know I read the case because um, it it's actually a great case, and I'm fairly certain when I when I read the case, and it's I, it, if anyone finds it, let me know. It's basically had to do with the uh, endangered butterflies, and I believe it was in the Florida somewhere. And what the story was is that a man had, somebody had private property he was owned, and they, uh, he wanted to build something on it. And the county came along and surveyed it through binoculars to look at it and then tried to uh, give him a ticket for building without a permit or something to that effect. And in that case, I remember this line, it said that surveying, which means to look at a property through the binoculars or any other manner, with the intent to diminish, is considered a taking or theft. In other words, if you and I are driving down the road and we happen to glance over on somebody's property and we see something, no big deal. But when an officer or agent looks at a property with the intent to diminish his, his freedoms, to do with the property as he hippo stop, with, with what he wants to do with that property, which is what they were trying to do is gather revenues or diminish his freedoms to build, to do as he pleased. And it actually said in there, it's his property. He can build and do what he wants. They were using the fact that the area where he was at allegedly was an area where these uh, these uh, endangered butterflies were, were or something to that effect, and they were trying to say, that, oh, you can't build there because of the endangered butterflies. And they went to that whole analyzation as well and said he owned the property with or without the butterflies. He, the fact that they're endangered had nothing to do with him. And, you know, this, the reason why this is important is I tried to tell people to use that case uh, with the cattle and the turtles out in, what was that, not Arizona, wherever it was, that big case, which I think somebody's dead now, and now all those people are in jail. That was a sad, 
sad case. Um, and I'm, I'm, I wanted, I, I, I tried to help out, but really people didn't want to use the law. They wanted to try and create their own law. Because that was a very, again, it was a very simple thing to do. Um, just like, you know, you take Rod Class, he goes in there and he's charged for, you know, having a weapon or something like that in D.C. And, we you know, we, we tried to tell him, I was like, look, dude, you know, why are you sitting there doing your stupid stuff when there's already a case law that happened only a few months earlier which dismissed it? You know, people can be really hard-headed and, and you know, uh, you know, they want to do their own craziness when it's already laid out there so perfectly for us. What was the guy said on the on the chat last night on uh, on on my private audio on Angela Stark's show? Somebody typed in. He said, he said, I love the statutes because they're so precise, and I can hold them accountable to it. And it was really, it was, you know, because he was saying the opposite. You know that, you know, you know that that this is the beauty about it. The problem, and I'm going to go. I'll go back for Roddy, who wasn't on here. For other people, who may not have been on here. The beginning of what I was expressing was that the people in this country have a disease, disease, and the disease is that they cannot conceive that the that the government is the way it's laid out and set up. The statutes and laws are set up by the people perfectly to protect us, but the people in the offices are corrupt. That they're violating, they're going, they're acting ultra-virus outside of the office. They don't have the authority or power to do what they're doing, and as a result of that, we are being injured. And the the reason for this is because they are not being managed by the people who are the managers, because the people refuse to believe that they have to manage. They refuse to step up and manage their. Most of the time, they don't even manage their own kids. You see it all the time. And this is what it is. You know, the people need to step up, start managing. Because, you know, even if you do whatever craziness it is, whatever it is that you're going to do in any of these processes, you still have to go through that process of uh, whatever it is, depatriating yourself and go through the baptism and whatever it is the guy was talking about. You still have to go through his process. And if you miss one link in it, and, and look at, you know, I've been listening to the to the audios of of, um, of Carl Lentz, and uh, even there, he, you know, in in the beginning of that, the one in Tennessee, Calvin, come here. In Tennessee, he was talking about uh, when the judge he, he 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 spells it out. He says, "You guys are one trick ponies. You know, you learn one thing that I tell you, and then the judge is real smart, and he goes, well." When I when I request a, a pen and ink uh, and paper pen and ink uh, so that I you know may answer the court correctly whatever he says and then uh, the judge says oh, that's not necessary and then he goes into his thing discussion of what necessary is and he you guys don't know how to respond to it because basically what he's saying is that you're you're uneducated you don't know how to respond back to it what is he telling you you're uneducated you haven't read you haven't studied even the Carl Lentz way okay what is Carl Lentz talking about what is he talking about He's talking about the Constitution, and he actually says it's Article One, uh, Section Sixteen, which I went and looked it up. It's not there. It's Section Seven, uh, or is it Eight? It's either Seven or no, it's Eight, not Nine. Uh, I think it is. Anyway, it's Eight, and it doesn't say. I'm not inside right now. I'll read it to you later on. It doesn't say um, uh, 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 necessary 
and proper, which is his response, because what he tells you is that there's a clause in there that says any agent can do whatever is necessary and proper to administer the law. He says, so that means that any 18-year-old, any punk out here who has any office can do anything that they want to enforce, well, guess what? Go look it up, but that's not what it says. All right? What it says is that Congress has the power to enact law that is necessary and just to enforce what was just written. Completely different when you actually go look it up. So that's why it's good to shepherd even what Carl says. Shepherd means to go do your homework. Go look it up. Wipe your own ass more than once to make sure. Check it. Look at your look at that, 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 that toilet paper and see if it's still brown or not. You're supposed to keep wiping until there ain't no brown. Some people just wipe once and pull up the drawers. And I wonder why they got stinky pants running around. It's the same kind of thing. You don't shepherd your case, you're going to get stunk. You don't read the laws. You don't read the, the case law. You don't read the statutes. How are you going to hold somebody accountable? The man sits there and tells you to get baptized. Did he tell you to get baptized in natural waters? Spirit told me that. I got baptized at a church where they had this nice, wonderful, warm swimming pool really high up. It was a Baptist church. Oh, it was important. I didn't want to get baptized. I wasn't ready. And I told Spirit that. I said, you know, because it says in Scripture, do not offend your brother. So I said, you know what? So I don't offend anyone since everybody seems to be so hot and bothered about me getting baptized. Okay. I said, but between you and me, you know that I'm not getting baptized today, right? You know that. I mean, I'm just doing this for them because I don't want to be having an unsincere heart when the time comes. And for some reason, it was laid on my heart that I want to be baptized in natural waters. And don't you know, Creator, a couple years later, or it was a year later, months later, provided the opportunity for me to be baptized in natural waters. And it was quite an event for me, because it was my spiritual event, not somebody else's. Although I must admit, I... I, I had a talk with Creator. I just want to know why the clouds didn't open up and the, there wasn't this chorus and, uh, of song coming down. I was really kind of upset. You know, I was like, hey, can you turn the volume up? I don't hear it. That's a joke. You know? But, hey, Carl, you, know, you, know you know what a plane is? A plane. A what? Are you changing subjects again, Ronnie? No, it has to do with boats and sailing. It's your line of, I think, uh, expertise. But is like it baptism? on the subject matter? Yeah, it has to do with baptism. And I want to get your uh, opinion on it from your experience. Um, the uh, baptism, what I'm seeing in the uh, in the law, is when you're born, <clears throat> what they do is baptize, you're baptized with water, like the, the birth through water, the water canal. And the, the uh, birth certificate is really the, the baptism. It's saying you now have rights to the uh, Sea of Commerce. Is that what you're? Uh, I mean, can you see a, a link with that? I don't. I, I I can't verify what you said, and I don't have. I I wouldn't have an opinion on it because that's not how I believe. Like your that's all caps name. That's your legal. Your all caps name is your legal name. Is that right? No, it's not mine at all. I when didn't I create a record, though. When I search the record, they always say it's your legal name. The all caps, the birth, the birth record. Who's the, who's it means, they? Does it mean commercial? Who's they? Every everyone in the system, the uh, corporate uh, the corporate system. 
Like if I write a letter to someone right now in a corporate office or government, if you will, they'll return it with the all caps name. They'll respond with all caps. I haven't had that experience. Not all the time. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. What do you think? What, what I'm, I think the uh, the birth canal, born of water, and mm-hmm. the birth certificate is a declaration that you have rights to the to the sea, to the uh, sea of commerce. It's a very valuable declaration, like a port of entry. What do you mean? You drive anything commercially, you know? So if somebody w- was not born of water, then they don't have the right to the Sea of Commerce? But no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Well, the sea is salt water, so it has a very uh, particular salinity. In fact, seawater has the same, virtually the same consistency of blood. So if a person has, if, this, if the water from the mother's womb is not the same as seawater, how does that relate to seawater? I'm talking about on this land, like doing business commercially. It says your legal name will show that you have rights to it because you were born in this area and you're not an outsider, you know, take to take people's stuff. So is it the all-caps name that gives you the right or is it the water that gives you the right? And is that, does that mean that when you're on a lake you, you can't enter in commerce because it's not salt water, it's not considered the sea? I'm talking about for our, our like our everyday lives and business, just the way the system looks like it's well, set everyday up. everyday lives is not commercial with it. Uh, not all the time, no. Are you engaged in commerce right now? Yes. You are? Yeah, I've got my legal name. i got it to have a driver's license. It's got the all-caps name on it. I'm doing business, you know, limited liability. So you're under my birth a limited rate. liability company while we're having a conversation with me? You're getting paid by me? Somebody's paying you to do this? What I'm saying... <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm saying is my birth record. Give me the ability... Operate in commerce in the legal world. So you're saying world. you didn't have that ability before you had a birth, birth certificate? Uh, if I wanted to go from another region to another region, no, it didn't because I would be taken from somebody. I would kind of be thieving from somebody else if I didn't declare my value or have the rights to, to be recognized in another region. What do you consider commerce, then? Uh, your business for profit. So anything I do that might be considered business is considered commercial? It depends on the declaration. Like if if I present my birth record and my, my driver's license with the all caps that says that I have a right to do that and I'm doing business as such. So if you don't present the, your birth certificate, you don't present your birth record, then you're not engaged in commerce. Uh, I'm not sure. I was just saying I think that's the baptism. When we look at the history of the Bible and our statutes and stuff, that's what baptism is. It's first it's by water. So now you're saying I have to have a certificate of baptism in order to enter into commerce. No, I'm saying that's the that's the baptism. That's what I see as the baptism, as it's defined in these, the scriptures and whatever. Well, are you what saying the birth certificate, it's, it, it says that uh, you are now baptized uh, and are allowed to enter into commerce. Is that what it says on your birth certificate? It appears that way. That's what they, uh, they always well, default it, to. It, it appears. So it's in writing. It's actually, I mean, it, either something's in written, it's written, or it's not written. So what do you mean it appears? Well, if someone shows up without that um, baptism or that commerce right, the right to do commerce, then they're considered a, uh, an alien or illegal. They don't have rights to do business on the on the land. Well, what do you have to support that claim? Uh, everyday, everyday activities, border patrol, legal, you know, trucking, everything. It's 
the way the system is. If I bring something to you and do business with you, I have a declaration, a bill of lading, a manifest, as you mentioned the other night, manifest. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all part of the system of doing commerce. It's part of the sea, uh, the baptism. But again, what is That's, commerce? If Isn't commerce when you're engaged in activity that is regulated by the state? And you have to be engaged in something that is that is where you've actually made the application to commerce to do business under under that particular name. From what I've seen, commerce seems to be when you are going to cross jurisdiction. If you're going to go outside your private life to public, and vice versa, or across the border, that's uh, that's commerce. Well, I'm in my private man everywhere I go. When I walk wherever I go, this I live and this is my holy temple. The universe is my temple, so I'm in my temple all the time. Me, like, I'm just, my, my, my body is my temple, and the universe is my church. So are you saying that I'm engaged in commercial activity when I'm in my church? I'm not sure about that. What I was asking is, you, do you see the link between the uh, birth record being the uh, baptism by water first? I I have not seen any evidence of it. I haven't seen any case law. I haven't seen any statute. I haven't seen any claims. This is the first time I've ever heard of it, that the, that the baptism okay. and the water and the, and the birth certificate. I have... I see no connection there whatsoever. As the judge okay. said last night, he said that the only thing that the birth certificate does is records an event. And they even tell you that you cannot use the birth certificate as identification. It only is a recording of an event that happened. Oh, there was a nuclear blast. Oh, let's go ahead and, and put that into the record. Oh, look there. Somebody had, uh, as he said, there's actually a flash of light or electrical charge that happens when a, when a birth happens, well, you know, that's a major event, isn't it? A birth or the conception is a major event, okay? When you, come out of the, when you come out of your mother's womb and you come into the world, what an event that is. Woo-hoo! Used to be you had a big, huge party about it. And I guess the government wanted to get in on that party. Well, part of that, when you look at it, when you look at the whole reason they did that, it was because they wanted to better serve the people, and a new being coming in to this country who is entitled to privileges, entitled to having all the things that they need and the equal protections under the law, if you've ever been a manager, you would know whether you have 122 or 123 employees that you are irresponsible for and that have obligations and duties to you and what they can do, what they can't do, and what their skill level is. Doesn't it make sense that a government who is obligated, the United States is obligated, to ensure that every state has a Republican form of government, that they have to protect your rights, due process, and all the other things there, that another being coming into existence that they are liable to and responsible to and have a duty to as a trustee, doesn't it make sense that you would want to know about the quote-unquote event? so that you can make preparations, so that you can do proper accounting to make sure that this child is protected and taken care of. All these things are just simply practical things. It's not a a conspiracy. There's no conspiracy here. This is Everyone wants to believe there's a conspiracy instead of realizing that a perfectly good, beautiful system like that child, which was perfectly beautiful, 
has been turned into a criminal because it was raped or beat up or, or raised up in an area where there's nothing but drugs around there. And so they learn how to become a thug because their parents aren't managing them. This is a beautiful, innocent child that becomes a thug. It's the same thing with our system. The system was, was laid out with all the best intentions in the world. The problem is that it's not being managed by the people because the people don't seem to give two shits about it themselves. Well, yeah, well, I'm going to hop off here. I'm going to hop off here and eat dinner, and he'll keep talking. I'll be listening on the uh, Apple, Apple thingy. And that's exactly what this discussion, from my point of view, that's what I was sharing tonight. Is that the only thing, you know, I think there was some line somewhere, I've heard this before, that we're looking for the enemy and we found him in the mirror. And what did Michael Jackson say? What did he say? I'm looking in the mirror. I'm asking him, that man in the mirror, to change his way. I'm, I'm not doing anything new tonight. I'm not saying anything that you guys don't already know. But everyone's evading it, avoiding it. If you owe taxes, pay them. Well, what makes you owe the taxes? If you're the fiduciary of some business entity that is making a profit, then you need to pay those taxes because you're the fiduciary. But if you're not a fiduciary, you're not engaged in some activity which is regulated by the state because you're not making profit. Profit means that which is in excess. That's why you have gross income, which is non-taxable. Then you deduct all of your expenses, and that includes the wages to your employees, including yourself. And I think I told you about that story where a guy serves me papers, and as I'm going blah, 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 like you used to do, trying to wake everybody else up one-on-one, he then said, well, you know, i got a problem. Maybe you can help me. i got problems with the taxes. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, I have an LLC. I said, yeah, limited liability company, Okay. And he says, and I'm having to pay the taxes on it. And I'm like, okay, fine. How much are you charging for delivering? And he told me, and let's just say it was 70 bucks for each time he delivers one of these things to somebody, serves somebody, gets paid 70 bucks. I said, okay. I said, how many employees do you have? He said, one. I said, who? Me. I said, okay. How much is the business? How much is the LLC charging? $70. How much are you getting paid? $70. I said, well, hold on a minute. How, I mean, is the, the business is making no money then. There's no profit. He goes, yeah, but they're charging me for everything. I said, well, hold on a minute. Have you ever written yourself a check? What? Never thought about it because he never studied with an LLC. I said, have you ever written yourself? You're an employee of your business, yes. Has the business ever written you a check? No. Well, no wonder you're paying because everything else looks like profit. It's the little details about things. He wanted the protections of a limited liability company. But he failed to pay himself. So he would be a, get all the protections of a limited liability company, but because he was paying his employees, he had zero profit, which is called net income. You have gross income, which is the, the, the total amount you bring in. Then you have expenses. And when you get left over, you have net income. And that is what's taxable because that is in excess, that which is in excess of what you are doing, the balance zero of your business. And, of course, that makes sense. I say if, 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 if and when I finally get to be commander-in-chief or whatever it is and ruler or however it comes about, I want to institute law that says no business can make a profit. End of story. Get rid of taxes. Get rid of businesses that make profit. 
do a fair, make the money roll right back into either research and development or and no more bonuses. If you want to work for a corporation, you have security because of that corporation. If you want to start a mom-and-pop shop and you want to do your thing and you make you make it good, I'm not saying, you know, you, you make it good, which means you're doing really well. It's not considered profit then. You're doing well. And you do that, or what are you going to do with that money? Most of the time what you're going to do is reinvest it. That's what a business should be doing. Not paying a bunch of people sitting on their ass, doing nothing and expecting something for nothing. And if you look at the taxes and read the tax code like I have, those are the only ones that are taxable. People don't understand the definition of income, that which is in excess, that which is prof, uh, profit. Profit, the definition of profit, means more than excess. If I get paid well and I pay myself well, and you you know the beauty about your own business, you can set your own pay grade. So you set yourself a pay grade. You get paid $150,000 a year. That's it. No bonuses. And instead, if you have excess, what are you going to do with it with more money? Go pay the lower people. You don't need minimum wage. Go pay your good people. Some of the most successful companies out there, they, the employees get paid more than anywhere else. And go look it up. you find out why. These, they can trust those people. They have enough money. They don't need more money. They're not scratching. They enjoy their business. The most successful business out there are the ones that communicate with each other, the ones that pay more than anyone else, and they all care about their job. They're there. When they go to work, they're looking forward to doing the work. And if you look at the tax code, the only people who are supposed to, persons rather, that are supposed to be taxed is based upon profit. That's why I ask you, I ask anyone, do you, have, do you pay income tax? They go, yes. I do this in public all the time. Do you pay income tax? They go, yes. This is my whole lead-in. And I go, okay, so you have income. They go, yeah. I said, well, tell me your income. You got investments? You got stocks, bonds? What kind of income do you have? And they look at you funny. You go, oh, well, you know, I, I, I got my weekly pay. I said, no, I asked you about your income. I didn't ask you about your pay. I didn't ask you about your wages. Wages are not taxable. Only income is. So what kind of investments? In fact, if you go look at a case, several cases, you'll find out that the court breaks it down. Oh, those are his wages, non-taxable. This over here is taxable. So when it says put down your income, what do you put down? You put down your wages. Whose fault is it? Because you didn't read it. Income is that and from wherever, income from wherever derived. Derived. What does the word derived mean? It means you got it from somewhere without working for it. Now, Here's the thing. When you make your investments, right, can't you deduct your cost? Before you invested in that stock or that commodity, didn't you have to do some homework? Now, maybe you bought a monkey for $3,000 and had and then bought darts for $25 and a dartboard for another $30, and you had the monkey throw darts which at 10 and you have to maintain that monkey. Well, those are maintenance costs. And that's how you choose your commodities or your stocks. So if you made money on it, you would deduct those costs of the monkey, the, the dartboard, the maintenance on the money, on, on the monkey, and the darts. You would deduct that. And then, of course, there's a whole section of there how you deduct the, the value. And, of course, the, the dartboard and all and the monkey would be considered to have a value. And they would be diminishing assets. And you would be paying taxes on the diminishing assets and so on. And that's your property taxes. 
because the monkey and the dartboard and the and the darts are the things that you use while you're engaged in in gaining income, which is taxable, and that is that is considered personal property. Persona have to do with the persona because you're doing something that's under a business name. You're garnering income under a business name, which is it turns out it's the all uppercase name. The irony of the whole thing, though, is that we use, or people use, the all uppercase name. They use it. I don't use it. I don't know how many people sit there and go all uppercase and print it. When you sign it, do you sign it in all uppercase? I actually have done that, just for shits and giggles and for fun. But it's the name that is the is the entity, the taxable entity, not you, the man. And once you get your head wrapped, he- Calvi. Once you get your head wrapped around this, it's really not that hard. And what you begin to see is that it is the agencies themselves. It is the officers, the agents that have corrupted the process. There's nothing wrong with the process. There's nothing wrong with the statutes except that they're written in such a manner that it's easy to be misused. Calvi. They're misleading people. The difference between driving and traveling is right there in the statute when you read it. You read the whole thing from beginning to end, all 300 and some pages, and you begin to see a pattern. Now, notice when I say 300 pages, they're actually, it's like a list. It's like, um, what do you call it, uh, when you used to do, what do they call this, outline. You know how you do an outline? It has one and it has a line, A, B, C, D. So you really, there's not much writing that you have to read. So even though it's, you know, two or 300 pages, it ends up only being maybe 100 pages of normal writing that you have to read. And it's laid out and organized. Section 1, Section 2, Section 3, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But you begin to see a pattern arising when you understand how it is supposed to work and it makes perfect sense. You have motor vehicles. You have commercial vehicles. You have those. There's a whole section on, if you go back in time, in fact, and go look at old um, uh, tax code, you'll see it's all exclusive railroad. The property, the lands, the different states it's in, the track, all of that deductible stuff, da-da-da, costs and so on. It all had to do it because that was basically the first ones that were taxed was the railroads. And then it, then it starts coming into other major big businesses because they're engaged in a for-profit-making business and they're doing all sorts of stuff. And that would be international commerce. You have commerce within the state and then you have international commerce. Go look at Hale versus Hinkle again. It discusses all of that. There's the same way it says that the legislature, it would be a strange anomaly that the legislature could not, having created this corporation, would not have access to the books to see that it's staying within its corporate charter and the laws of the state. doesn't make any sense. You want to make sure that it's acting properly within the bounds of its corporate charter, what you granted, what the state granted it permission to do. And to see that they're not going outside of it, well, the state, as I said the last time, the state is no different than a corporation. The people granted it power. We have the inherent power to double-check and see. What is the state doing? What are the officers doing? That's why they have to answer your questions. And yes, well, who are you? Well, I'm Officer Sula. Really? You got any evidence of that? 
At any time, we, the men, the people, we have the power because they're our creation. And we have a duty, actually, to manage them. Oh, wait a minute. You're telling me you don't know the Constitution to which you swore an oath to? Well, that's committing fraud then. Oh, you're doing something that's outside your office? You're embezzling the office. Why are you embezzling it? Because you're receiving money for doing a duty or a job that you're not qualified to do. All these things make perfect sense. And like I said, even if you go and do this process this guy wants to do, you have to follow his process. You have to follow that process precisely. And the reason why I don't, another reason or one of the main reasons I don't like any of these processes is because you're limiting yourself. If I want to engage in commerce, if I want to engage in his thing, if I want to engage in somebody else's estate thing, then I have to follow the rules and regulations. I don't want to do that. When I do do that, like I said, I studied a corporation. I was going to open and start a corporation, and I may one day. But right now, I don't want to do all that crap. And nobody has the right to force me to do it. That's involuntary servitude, which means hell versus ankle. I can go and do my business as I please. I owe no duty to anybody to divulge my business. Period. That's it. Whatever my business is. Hopefully, I, you know, clarified this and, 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 you know, sharing with you why you can't run away. Like I said before, this guy says he's baptized and he's got this, whatever it is, this whole process. And it sounds wonderful. It sounds tempting. He hasn't proven it yet. You know, he has a meeting next week, eyeball to eyeball, man to man. It's interesting to hear how it comes out after that. But from my point of view, it's defeating the whole principle, the whole purpose of what we're here to do. We are our brother's keeper. You cannot put a piece of... Here, here, here let, me, let me share this with you. This has worked in the past. Imagine in your mind for one second, take a piece of imaginary, put this in your mind. Hopefully people can imagine this. I'm real good at it. Take a piece of masking tape, little strips about three inches long, five of them. Lay them out on the table, and I want you to write your name on one of them. Then I want you to think of somebody you can't stand in your neighborhood or two and write them on their name or what you think they are on, on another one of those, on the other two. Think of somebody in your family that you can't stand, somebody in school, anything, president, a public officer, anybody you can't stand until you have four of them. Now I want you to take the one that has your name, that piece of tape that has your name on it, and I want you to put it on your favorite finger. Now, in Roddy's case, it's probably the middle finger. Most people pick the first finger. I pick the thumb. I like the thumb. I'll explain that in a minute if you want. And then I want you to put the other four pieces in order of your least favorite finger and, you, and the most least favorite person or the one you dislike the most. And I want you to put, wrap the, that tape around those fingers. I now want you to put your hand flat on the table, spread the fingers really wide. I now want you to take out a hammer, and I want you to smash the living crap out of all those assholes that you can't stand. Just don't hit yourself, okay? And tell me it didn't hurt. 
smash the hell out of those people you can't stand and tell me you didn't get you didn't feel any pain. You can't harm somebody else. You can't hurt somebody else without hurting yourself. We're all part of the same body. Now let's try the same scenario only this time. The finger that has your name on it, I don't want you to smash the other guys. I want you to be at peace. I want you to be in honor. I want you to be really kind and nice. I want you to introduce yourself. I want you to send them notices of who you are, what you do. But you're just so fed up with the system, you don't like it, I want you to take out a knife and cut your finger off that has your name on it and sever yourself, separate yourself from the rest of the hand and see how long you last. Whether we like it or not, we're a part of the grass, the trees. We're part of everything that's here. I really recommend people start reading Anastasia. Whether it's fiction or not, doesn't matter. It lays it out in such a beautiful... It doesn't matter whether Christ ever lived or not. It's an old story. It's thousands of years old. It doesn't matter. What matters is the message. It's the principle. It's the concept. It doesn't matter whether you're part and parcel to the Constitution or the unanimous Declaration of Independence. It doesn't matter. What matters is whether you choose to accept it, choose to believe it, choose to manifest it. What you focus your energy on is what you will manifest. So if you manifest yourself separating yourself, then you're going to be separated. You're going to be out there all by yourself. And when the boogeyman comes such as, oh, I don't know, let me see, used to be Al-Qaeda, and then they, they beat the hell out of that and used that, and uh, what was his name, uh, Obama Simlabam or whatever his name was, they killed him, what, seven times. I guess he's finally dead now that Obama came along and used him for the last time, even though it's kind of strange that they threw his body, uh, it's such an important one, and DNA needs to be tested and everything else, and and people should have been able to have the opportunity to have an open casket and spit on him and throw rocks at him because he's, he did all these terrible things, you know. And brought the World Trade Centers down and did this and probably did the Oklahoma bombing too. You know, he did all these terrible things, this one guy. Okay, this guy that was in bad health and so on was probably dead years before that. And w- when that finally got played out, they had to come up with another name. Oh, let me see. What did Clinton say when he was lying under oath? Well, it depends upon what your definition of is is. Is is I S I S. Oh, look at there, we got a new name for terrorist organization. I S I S. We call it ISIS. Oh yeah, woohoo! Okay, how do we do that? All right, we're going to send out the CIA. I want you to go to this country. I want you to create this. Blah, blah, blah. We already got the foundation laid that we already had from the from this and that. Okay, okay, we'll do that. Great. Now we have this wonderful terrorist organization running around the world, killing and beating the shit out of people called ISIS. ISIS. I'm on ice. No, is it is is? It depends upon what your definition of is is. But anyway, when this terrorist organization, terror, 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 terrorist, terror, terrorist, 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 comes along and wants to rape, beat, kill, whatever it is, don't forget you severed yourself from the hand that could protect you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I have a perfectly good car that's misfiring, I don't throw it away. I don't sever myself from it. What I do is I go and find out what the problem is and I go fix it. I take responsibility for it. I manage it. I put the air in the tires. I put new brake shoes on it. Maybe that's all we need. Put new brake shoes on this government, on these on the each one. I believe that we have I have a very that we have a very simple fix. 
which is to get legislation requiring all of them to be periodically tested as to their knowledge, understanding, and accurate use of the unanimous Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. At least we'll know that they know it, and then they'll know when they're disobeying it. Right now, they don't even know that. I haven't met a judge yet. That I haven't met a single officer out there, judge or otherwise, including a, including a judge or lawyer that has studied allegedly in the constitutional law. Look at Obama. He says that he was a constitutional lawyer. I guarantee he doesn't know a tenth of it that I do, and he certainly doesn't understand the principles. And certainly has no honor towards it. So we have a problem. Can you imagine your computer if it didn't know? You know, you, you boot up the computer and it doesn't know its operating system. How well would your computer work for you? <laughs> That's what we have. We have a government without an operating system. It doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing. So guess what? It's doing anything. Have you ever noticed a kid that has, is raised with no discipline, no instruction whatsoever, no love, no kindness, no giving? They become a brat. They always are pushing and testing the limits. That's their job. I'll tell you a quick story about that. My first wife had a daughter who was about 11, 12 years old, 11 years old. And I've always been a nonviolent person. And I believe very strongly in, in that. And one time she just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And I said, no. you have." I said, you're going to get a spanking if you keep it up. And I was hoping that the threat was enough. But she kept crossing that line and crossing that line. And I had to be good to my word because that's one thing I know. If you're not good to your word, then your word means nothing. So naturally... I bent her over and gave her a spank. And I was scared to death. Come on, hippo. I was scared to death, and I was worried and everything else. And I went in to go check on her at night like I always did. And the most strangest thing happened. I observed this child sleeping more peacefully than I had seen her in the whole six months before. And I couldn't understand why. She had just gotten a spanking. She should be angry and miserable. Notice I didn't beat her up. I just gave her a spanking. And, of course, whenever I don't understand something, I ask Creator. So I ask Creator about it. And the way Creator speaks to me, a lot of times, is through a vision. Just gives you, just sometimes just gives you understanding. Right? Sometimes it's with a vision person and understanding. And what I realized in that moment was that in the, in the child's mentality, you have to look at it as a matter of security. A child wants to feel safe. And in a child's mind, it says this, if you cannot discipline me, a child, how can you possibly protect me from the boogeyman? I don't feel safe. And this is why children act out. And in fact, most men who have been in a relationship with women, you'll find similar situations. Women want the man to make them feel safe. Not all. Some of them are super independent and always have been. But on the whole, most women want to feel safe. And that's why they're constantly pushing you, because they want you to have boundaries. They want you to be a man and to stand for something. What does that song say? If you don't stand for anything, you stand for nothing. And from the child's point of view, if you cannot discipline me, 
a child. How can you possibly protect me? The fact that I better, I had limits and I was able to discipline her, not punish. I don't punish. Punishment is ridiculous. Discipline. And so she felt safe and secure. Well, wait a minute. There's that word, secure. The right of the people to be secure in their person's houses, papers, and effects. That girl felt safe now. She felt secure. And her whole attitude was different. She was more joyful. She was more expressive. She was a very much an introvert. And one of the neighbors noted the first time that she gave me a hug, they had seen it when I gave her hugs. She never gave hugs before. They were astounded. They're like, how did you do that? Uh, I didn't understand what they were talking about. And it wasn't later until later I started analyzing it. All I did was give her love, real love. Care enough to discipline her. Care enough to teach her. Got her to ride public buses. Got her to become independent. The thing that the mother wouldn't do. The mother's overly protective. Wouldn't let her go anywhere or do anything. I'm a man. I say, come on, let's go. Let's put on the let's put on the hiking boots. Let's go hiking. Let's get on the public transportation system. Let's learn to use these things. Let's learn to drive. Let's or, or you know drive a car, truck, stick shift, whatever it is. Anytime you're afraid of something, let's go do it. Let's go check it out. Let's test it out. It's the same thing with these public officers. When you see a cop and there's fear, feel fear, walk up to them. They're not on the hunt. They ain't got no warrant. Walk up to them. Say, How are you doing today? Ask them a question. How's your day been? Try that. If you do nothing, how's your day so far? Have you had to make any arrests? Have you had to kill anybody? Have you ever killed anyone? Did you enjoy it? I mean, whatever. Do what Roddy does. Ask a bunch of annoying questions all the time, completely off subject. But at least you get to know that they're human beings and they'll talk back to you like a regular person with respect. So now you have a choice. You can say, hey, the only time I've ever known cops is when they're on the wrong side of me trying to beat me up, throw me down, or spray me with mace. Now I have something to compare with. I have other cops in other uniforms that when I approach them in peace or whatever, when they weren't in the hunt mode, they seem like reasonable people. In fact, when you start asking them questions, they find out they got problems too. They're not getting paid enough and too many hours, that heavy belt which they have to carry the equipment and just give them sores on their on their waist all the time. They couldn't get their donut that they wanted this morning. Whatever. You find that they're just regular old people like you and everybody else. They got a job to do or what a perceived job is. And now you have changed your whole framework, your whole thing. You understand it. And the next time you see them, you might treat them differently, which means they're going to treat you for every action. There's an opposite reaction, right? Or there's a reaction. I won't say opposite, but there's a reaction. It's the same kind of thing. We have a government that is out of control. Why? It's not the government. It's a nice little term, government. Can anyone show me the government? Go ahead, show me. Can I call the government to the stand? Good try. Which is something I've been saying for a long time. You know, with the lender, please take the stand. With the state, please take the stand. I have the right to face my accuser. I have the right to depose my accuser. And there's another thing that's funny. Uh, I, I was listening to um, to um, uh, Carl, and he uses it differently. Well, how does he say it? I want to dis- depose. No, he doesn't use it. He uses he uses a different phrase, uh, the deposition. He says, I want to deposition them. Right. Well, a deposition is when you get them, you interview them as if they were on the stand. I mean, what they say is under oath, but it's more relaxed environment. And he says, uh, D, he uses the D E to D position them, take them off of their position. And I and I always had it where it was to depose them, depose them. 
They're holding a posture. They're posing as something. And I want to depose them. And that's what it means. You want to talk about their credibility. I'm going to cross-examine you. I'm going to test you. I'm going to try you. I'm going to depose you. I'm going to try to knock you off of your pedestal, your position that you're holding, and show that you have no credibility. You can't be believed because if I can show you're lying about this and this and this, chances are that you're lying about that as well. Even if I can't prove you are, I've now thrown questions as to the validity of your testimony. But if I can't even get you on the stand because you don't exist, good luck. It's the same thing with all of these assignments. If you look at these assignments, it says pay to the order of, and there's nothing there. Well, with nothing there, please take the stand. And with nothing, please, you know, with blank, please sign the document so I want to double-check and make sure that this is your signature on there. I mean, that's how, that's how simple and ridiculous this is. Just like he says, what man or woman brings a claim against me here today? I added that here today because I was summoned here today. That's why I add that in there. I, I combined the two. I was summoned here today. My peace was disturbed. No why. I have a right to know why. Public servant, your job is to make sure that I'm not disturbed. Although, although some people think I'm disturbed already, but you've now disturbed me even more. And when they're not doing their job, who, whose job who's job? Do you think they're really going to go after themselves? They're not going to go after themselves. Why would you go after yourself? And the criminals, that, the ones that are conspiracies that have actually set it up and know they can take advantage of the situation, who looked around and said, holy shit, we got a corrupted system, there's a bunch of stealing going on, and he's a little thief, he's going, well, shit, I can figure out how to steal from the, from the thieves and get away with it. Why? Because if they expose me, then they get exposed. So you got layer after layer after layer of con artists and, and thieves going on, all the way down to the basic guy who's a sellout who says, well, i got to do what i got to do to keep my job because I don't want to do nothing with my life but just have a job. And that's their right. I'm sorry to make fun, and I probably shouldn't, but that's just my position. Because I'm an American, I believe that we're all supposed to stand up. Look at Clint Eastwood. Everyone got these heroes. Clint Eastwood comes into a town. And it's only when the town steps up because they had somebody leading them or somebody who can show them that it can be done, they had finally believed that they could throw off these bandits. Clint couldn't do it all by himself. It was the guy who was in the shotgun. He was about ready to get shot. The guy with the shotgun blows the guy away. He says, yeah, I figured out how to use this thing. Basically what he's saying is I got the balls to fight. I already had it on my wall. I finally got the balls to shoot somebody with it. And then the town took on its own strength. And Americans love that. We, in my mind, growing up, all Americans are supposed to be like Clint Eastwood. Doing the right thing for the right reason. Not having to be paid for it. The one thing I liked about what that guy said last night is no longer you, you know, when you get to that position, you're no longer doing a service because you're getting paid for it, but because of, because of your love, because you care to do it. Where's the proof in this? What did I just say? Look at Microsoft. Those people get paid so much freaking money. Money is not an issue for them. They go to work because they love doing what they're doing. And how many times you heard, do what you love, love what you do, and you'll always be successful? If you don't like working for somebody, quit. There's millions of jobs. Like I said, I've done 
everything, electrical, plumbing, concrete, swimming pools uh, in the hot sun, uh, roofing uh, of all different types of roofing. I've done tar roofing, uh, torch down. I've done shingle roofing. I've done slope roofing. I've done slate roofing. I've done gutter hanging. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, tile setting, swimming pools. I already did that. Uh, uh, bathtubs, redesigned kitchens, redesigned bathrooms. I built houses from the ground up. I've done uh, I've done septic systems and septic fields, replacing those. I've done fencing on my own. Right? I've done a lot of this stuff. I'm painting houses on my own. Oh my God, painting a house. Oh my God, I tell you the whole you know caulking, all of that stuff that goes into that. I've done carpentry work, woodwork, specialized work. I've done welding, brazing, uh, PVC, CPVC, so that my joints don't come apart. Uh, what else? So I've uh, been a captain on a sailboat. I've run a tugboat. I've been a line handler, been a mechanic, worked on motorcycles, worked on cars, worked on what else? Shoot, you name it. Oh, mo- oh of course, boats. I got certified with um, Volvo Penta. I didn't pursue that because I, I had to do this instead. I, I wanted—I was going actually over to Africa. I was going to run a, a, um, a marina, a couple of marinas over there, and do my own salvage project. But this—this this was too important. If you don't like what you're doing, you know. And I, here's another thing: I used to have a rule that I would work for you as long as I was learning something, and as soon as I wasn't learning something new, I would give you back the time. Right, because I was a burden when you were training me, and I wasn't able to perform. So from the time that I am able to perform, I would pay back three times whatever the investment you had in me, because that's the honorable thing to do. So if I learned your whole job in one week, I'd work for three more weeks, minimum. Usually, usually it was like three months. I, you know, point jumping from job from three weeks to three weeks. You can't learn a job, but I learned them pretty quick. Generally, three to six months is as long as I would stay with the job because that's how long it took me to learn the skill. And people don't understand that the, the, the only reason to get a J-O-B is because you're getting paid to get an education that's hands-on. The only college is spending thousands and millions of dollars and in interest and everything else for what? An education that's already old as hell. How do I know that? Because the books were written five years ago and printed today. And the information that they're putting in the book was five years old when they got it. So your learning has been old shit. From a guy, as they always said, if you can't do, teach. And I actually had some really good professors, so I, I don't mean that. So, but there are a lot of them out there that they, they can't do, so they teach. And what are they teaching? Old stuff. When you're in McDonald's, hey, if you're not doing something right, you immediately know about it because your customers aren't coming in there. And then once you learn it, start your own business. That's what this country is all about, starting your own business. And you don't have to be licensed to start your own business. That was the question he was asking about that little girl who's sitting there selling lemonade on the side of the street. It's a private business. You don't like it? Go away. He, she owes no duty to the public to default her business. Now, if she did something that was improper, actually her parents would be liable, not her. If she did something and people started getting sick because of lemonade, then they would sue the parents because the parents weren't managing her and and monitoring. In fact, in California, I don't know if they still do or not, but in California it used to be that when your child got in trouble, the parents went to jail. That's the way it should be. 
Because parents weren't taking care of their kids. They weren't managing their kids. They weren't teaching their kids. They weren't training their kids. People always say, my dogs are well-behaved. They're never on a lease. I don't have my dogs on a lease. I don't need a lease. All I need to do is call them. You heard me a minute ago. That's it. That's the sign. Come now. I don't beat them. I don't need to beat them. They do it. I never feed them food for tricks. How do you get them to do the tricks? I never fed them food for tricks. I give them love. They do it because they want to please me. Because I love it. Because I get it makes me happy. So I'm practicing when I preach. I know that society can be happy. We don't need all this police. We don't need all the cops. This whole business of like, oh, we're going to have complete pandemonium. We're going to have craziness and all, all this terrible stuff. No, you won't. We don't have it now. I can go up to my neighbors. I can go to any one of my neighbors right now, and I can bang on the door, kick their door in. I can kill each one of them, cut their throat. I could do this whole apartment building before the cops would even be alerted and get here. They can't prevent me from doing it. That's a fact. It's a fact. You cannot ignore it. All of this is used to disarm the people, not only disarm them from the arms, but to disarm us from taking our responsibility as adults. You talk about community, common law, common law, and and bringing this full circle, and I'll shut up, bringing this full circle, common law, is looking out for your neighbor, looking out for your fellow man, not allowing them to go into court by themselves, to be ravaged by the wolves, to stand up for what's right, to tell that judge, you can't do that. The law says you can't do it because I've taken the time to read the law, and the law says you can't do that. You're bound by the law. You're bound by the written law. We're bound by one law. Don't trespass upon other people's rights. You're trespassing. I do this. There's five cops, one of me, and some guy on the floor, on the ground. They got his knee in his back. I come over there in my, in my underwear, for crying out loud, my, my skivvies. I wouldn't call it underwear, my skivvies. Because I was woken up because of things. I go with this big cop. He's like 300-some pounds, massive. And I'm confronting him. I say, excuse me, are you arresting this man or not? He said, are you interfering with police? I said, no, I'm not. I said, what you're doing is unlawful. If you're arresting him, put him in handcuffs, and he's now under your protection. That's what it means to arrest. He is now under your protection. You have to protect him. So either arrest him or let him go, because right now you're beating him up. And he gets up in my face. Well, have you ever dealt with anyone on drugs? I said, yes, I have. Stopped him short right there. That's not how you treat anyone. And guess what? It stopped them from doing what they were doing. Two guys in DC, I'm walking down the road, minding my business. Two guys, I'm seeing harassed by cops. First of all, they were blocking traffic. Second of all, they're harassing these guys. One guy was black, another guy was white. They're in an old car. They're old guys. Who gives a shit? They're not bothering anyone. They weren't drunk. You could tell that they liked to drink, though, but they weren't drunk at this particular moment. And these cops are harassing them. They're like four cops around them, four cop cars around And I get up there and start questioning. Well, you stay away. And I say, well, uh, you know, why? Well, you don't interfere in police business. I said, it's not police business what you're doing. You're harassing them. Either you arrest them, you have a warrant, or you don't. And they go through searching cars. I said, they don't consent to your searching the car. Why? You already searched it 10 minutes ago. Why are you searching again for the third freaking time? Are you going to plant something there? I said, I'm going to stand here and watch you. Well, you have to keep your distance. I said, I'm staying right here. I'm not causing any problems. Well, you can't be near. I walked across the street, stood there, and I watched them. They kept looking over at me, and they stopped doing what they were doing. And they finally let the guys go. 
One man could make a difference. Can you imagine how much more two, three, four, or five, or 50, or 100 men? And I mean men and women. All you have to do is make your presence known. I used to have my refrigerator full of articles when I was trying to help rehab some, uh, some really bad neighborhoods. I mean really bad neighborhoods. I mean, I got gunshot wounds, I got knife wounds, I got beat, I mean, all sorts of stuff just by being in that neighborhood. Particularly when in that particular neighborhood, I was the only white guy, and they hated anything white, they hated. So they had every opportunity to try and pull a knife or a gun or anything else. And I found myself surrounded by guys many times. I couldn't even come out in the day of morning. No, man, give me some money. I said, shut the fuck up, go away. <laughs> People look at me like they were stunned, you know? I got thousands of stories on that every day for almost like a year and a half. Oh, my God, every day. Well, practically until the end. But anyway, my refrigerator had all these articles from newspaper articles where women, grandmas, got fed up at the neighborhood. And they put on reflector, thing, reflector things and they brought out a video camera and all they did was walk around the neighborhood. That's all they did. Cleaned up the neighborhood within two days. That's all they did. They put on reflectors, got out there, and took shifts and walked around the neighborhood. That's all they did. As I said, two men coming into court with legal, legal pads and letting the sheriff know that we're there as lawful witnesses stopped a judge from putting a, guy, a, judge from putting a man into jail. If one man or two men can do that, what is common law if it's not looking out for your brother? Because once again, if your rights are violated, mine are automatically violated. It's just a matter of fact. You don't need to study anything. You don't need to read anything. You don't need it's a good idea. You should. It's your kind of a good idea. It won't hurt you. It can only improve you, make you stronger, make you have something to stand on, make you have something to quote. You can't memorize. If two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate, any inhabitant in any state, territory, commonwealth, or district in the free enterprise, free free exercise, or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured to by the constitutional laws of the United States, shall be fined or prison not more than ten years or both. Now I used to get hung up on that. I used to get hung up on it. I used to forget privilege. So I, had to, I what you do is you create a sing song. If you notice, I do it all at one shot. I do a sing song. I start it when I I was say deprive. Uh, was it uh, any person? Uh, in the free exercise or enjoyment of. I used to forget that as well. The free exercise or enjoyment. So I would sit there and go, the free exercise or enjoyment. Or enjoy, or free exercise or enjoyment. Exercise or enjoyment. So I'd practice it, or enjoyment. So when I said free exercise or enjoyment, came automatically. And the rights, and then I forget the privilege. Rights or privileges. Rights or privileges. Rights or privileges. So I kept saying it, rights or privileges. So now, every time I say rights or privileges, comes out. And I do it while I'm cooking. I do it while I'm eating. I do it while I'm watching a show. The same thing with the unanimous Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Think about hold. Yeah, you can do pictures. You know, for guys, oh, I'm holding my junk. We hold these truths to be self-evident. It's like no freaking brainer. Duh. That's actually what's going on in my head. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Any idiot can see it's true. It's a no-brainer. It's a duh. Think of um, what's his name, uh, The Simpsons. I can't do the dope. He does it so well. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. 
and endowed. When I say endowed, I think about the guy holding his junk. Endowed. He's endowed. Yeah, he's well endowed. She's well endowed. She's holding her breath. These are pictures that you use. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed. Well, who endowed them? Who endowed them with that good jump down there or the breaths up there? The creator did. Endowed by their creator with certain, meaning absolutely certain. We're not uncertain here. We don't want to mention uncertain rights, so we only boiled it down to the certain rights. But then they let you know that these are not the only ones because they said what? Among these are life. And by the way, they question, well, how can you guarantee life? What he's talking about is life and what you consider to be life. What is living to you? Remember that evil is live backwards. So anyone that's denying you of living as you please, doing as you please, is evil because they're contradictory or, or they're going against the whole concept of to live. And if you don't believe that, then listen to the last part, pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That means you have the right to pursue your own happiness. If pursuing happiness is having a job and drinking beer every afternoon, that's your pursuit. Pursue it. You know, I often said that, you know, thank God there's some fat guy out there that wants to sit on the patio and drink beer all day. Thank God. You know why? It's a job I don't want. Thank God somebody wants to go to work every single day and fight traffic every single day and get into the office and talk around the water thing and and do all that, uh, you know, uh, who did this and what did that and what happened and all this other silly stuff. And then they look forward to the weekend when they're going to go to the football game. Woo-hoo! And spend hundreds of dollars to watch guys out in the field beating the crap out of each other. Thank God there's people who do that because there's a whole economy based on that. Thank God there's people who want to do that. You know why? I don't. I want to go out windsurfing when the wind's up. I want to go talk to trees. I want to be in nature. I want to go have fun. I want to share stuff. I want to make stuff. I want to build stuff. And the pursuit of happiness. And then the next part is the most important part. T-H-A-T, that, to secure these rights, governments are instituted, created, instituted, made, are instituted among men, not over men, among them. As you would have your security man walk along among you with the crowd to secure you deriving their just powers. So it's now confirming where do they get their powers from? Deriving their just powers, not just any old powers, but only just powers. Just meaning limited. Just enough. Just and true, the ones that are necessary. Just enough. From the consent of the governed. Those that choose to serve. They're consenting to be governed in order to secure the rights of the other people to not be governed, to pursue their own life, liberty, and pursuits of happiness. And then it goes on to spell it out that whenever they're knowing, they know that it always is going to happen because power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely, that whenever, not 10 years from now, not 20 years from now, not great-grandkids grand, have to pick up our mess, 
that whenever, immediately, the same thing as a stove, when you put your hand on a hot stove, it doesn't burn two weeks from now. It burns right then. Whenever you stick your hand on the stove, it's going to burn. It's going to hurt, cause you to take your hand off of it, and you're probably not going to put your hand back on it. That's what I call discipline. That whenever any, 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 any form, capital F-O-R-M, any form of government, whatever you, if you think it's government, it's government. Any form of government, whether it's uh, a, 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 a constitutional government, international government, corporate government, whatever you consider to be government, that which governs, that which is considered to be government, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends. What do they mean, of these ends? The end is to secure your rights, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the end. That is the pursuit, the government's job, and its pursuit, its whole pursuit, its, its meaning. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, not some other ends, not the taxable ends, not the enslaving of the people, not telling people that they have to introduce themselves and notice everybody or have to write anything, say anything, or do anything, as long as they don't trespass on somebody else's rights, to these ends, the ends that all men are created and endowed by their creator. Government doesn't endow you with anything. It's a creator that endows you. And that the government's created to secure you and to secure these rights. It is the right of the people who created the government. The people, 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 people. That's man. The right of the people to alter. And if you alter it and it doesn't work, and it alter it and it doesn't work, then abolish it. Like they say, when the cure is worse than the the disease, you stop doing it. H1N1 flu, let's stop that. We put up a poster. Take the H1N1 flu, you have a 31% chance of dying. Don't take the, the, the flu shot and you get the flu, you have 0.03% of dying. Which one? Your choice. That's all it said, your choice. So when, it, when, when you can alter it, and it's not making a difference and it won't stop, you have to abolish it. And it goes on to tell you that. And laying and organizing, okay, then it says, and uh, um, let me tell you, let me, let me make <clears throat> uh, I forgot the next part here. Hold on a second. Uh, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive, it's the right of the people to alter, abolish it, and to institute, there's that word institute again. Who's instituting it? The government's not instituting itself. We institute it. And instituting new government, laying its foundation, that which it rests upon, that which it stands upon. People aren't standing up to the government because they don't know the laws to stand upon. They have no foundation in themselves, no foundation in law. Whether it's common law, whatever you believe, religious law, whatever it is, you're not standing on any law because you don't know it. Okay, Colin, can I interrupt? No, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm okay. not done yet. Go I'm ahead. Done Go I'm ahead. Done Laying its foundation on such principles. There you have it. 
on such principles. They're telling you everything that comes before is a principle, a concept. That's why I say the legislation we need to get is where they have knowledge, and the knowledge means to memorize it. And the second one is understanding and accurate use of it because they must understand the principles. What is that telling you? The principles, this is a trust. This is a trust. Every statute has a principle, a reason for it coming about. It has to. If you don't have a principle, you don't have a need for it. And organizing its powers in such form. Here we go with the powers. So the laying the foundation, the organizing, the, 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 the organization of it in the beginning with is laying a foundation on these principles, not some other principle, not dictatorship, not, not uh, democracy. No, these, these principles here, the governments are created among men to, to secure their rights, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And here's the kicker, and organizing its powers. Where is it coming from? Where is the powers coming from? The people. And the people have an obligation to organize those powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely, again, here we go with the principle, most likely to effect, which means to cause, not affect, but to cause, effect, their safety and happiness. Two things, safety and happiness. You can't have somebody feel safe and unhappy is what they're saying. So they, you can't put somebody in jail. Okay, you're safe now. It's safety and happiness. Anyone knows anything about contract law? If it says uh, uh, that you must have two front tires and two back tires to have a car, then that means you need two front tires and two back tires. You can't have two front tires and just two back tires because you don't have a car, by the definition, in a contract. And happiness. So we have an unalienable right to pursue happiness. We organize the government in order to secure these rights and we granted the powers in order to make us feel safe and happy. Now, is this hard to understand? Is there any ambiguity in this? Even without me expressing it and sharing it with you, can you not read and get the whole thing? I mean, how clear is it? That to secure these rights governments instituted among men. There's only one purpose of this whole reason, which is the trust from which all forms of government are derived. And that's to secure our rights. And the powers are granted to them to provide us with safety and happiness. So the fact that when you go into court or you go down the road and, it, and, and somebody does something that is an officer or agent of the government and makes you unhappy, we've got a problem. And we have the right and the power and the duty to alter or abolish it when we see something wrong. Not 10 years from now, but now, today. Getting your neighbors together. Knocking on the doors and get to know them and say, hey, we got a problem here. We've got a judge that keeps, keeps uh, administering law from the bench. He keeps creating law from the bench. It's not there. And this is what we have in Shay's case. You know, here's a judge. They do a cause, a cause, a cause action, a show cause action. And, and if you want some time, I'll go into how to turn the tables on that. But they have a show cause action for her uh, doing um, a contempt of court charge. Well, it's a show cause. They, what their daughters are supposed to show enough cause to go to trial. And they just went straight. He sits there and finds her guilty, 
and then gives her a sentence. Well, whoa, wait a minute, what happened to due process of law? She has discovery. She wants. She has the right to cross-examine the witnesses, to to do depositions, to do uh, uh, um, all these things that you have as protections, the equal protections of the law. She's been denied all of that. She never got to te- never got to testify. She never in a meaningful to be heard in a meaningful manner. She never got to cross-examine anyone. She never got to see any testimony. She never got to see any evidence. And she already noticed them that the, that the order of the court was void in the first place, and they haven't denied it. And the reason that we're in this position, she's going there all alone. Who's going with her? Not even her husband. Oh, my God. Right or wrong, you should still, you know, accompany your wife to court, which is, you know, has an opportunity. I, I mean, you know, I, I went the other day to escort uh, Luella around uh, the, the subway because the chances are at that time of night when she was doing her job that, you know, there was possibilities, even though there's guards there. And I met the guards. They were happy for me to be there. So anyway, I digress. That's that's my little thing, you know. Step up. Let's put away those things with children. Let's stop complaining, bitching, and moaning. Let's do something about it, even if you do one thing. You know what? There's an old saying. If you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, that is the definition of insanity. Well, I, I, I think that pretty, pretty much people are insane because people keep doing the same thing. They keep on trying to remove themselves from the system. They keep on trying to bitch, moan, and complain and do nothing about it, sit back and, 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 and talk about it. Just if you do nothing else but go to court with somebody, find somebody to go to court with. Volunteer. If there was, I wish there was a way you could volunteer to be a jury. Some people say, I don't want to judge. I want to because I want to judge in accordance with the law because I can be unbiased and judge based on the evidence. And I can see through the bullshit. So anyway, that's my little thing. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, maybe it made a difference and brought some things to light. Maybe it'll change the way things are, are going now, hopefully. Did you fall asleep, Sonia? <laughs> I just mute myself out because if I'm typing, I don't want it to interrupt you. Thank you. My, I'm... my phone's right beside my keyboard, so... I don't want you to hear click, 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 click. And well, I have some friends are asking for your email address, and I was just putting it in oh, okay. for donations. So that's truthmonger6 at gmail.com. Yep. Correct? Thank you. Gmail.com. Um, and I'm just going to put Colin. Derek. Um if somebody has a question, um, you know, a specific question on subject matter, um, or, or or a contribution or a comment, it lets, you know, that's great. I've taken up enough of your guys' time as it is. No, thank you, Colin. Um, I don't want to have real long shows anyway, unless you know, friends have got certain things they want to talk about. Because I know to go back to the shows and listen to them, and you got to listen to them for four or five hours. I think I I just know like we're all busy and short on time, and and uh, I try to take notes at specific times, and you know, and and then you can pop back to the subject. So I think that's the best way for for friends to do it. You know, is take notes. I got a little clipboard and. And uh, I write my the talk show number down. If something comes up that you're interested in, then then you've got the notes and exactly the time that was spoken about. Because uh, these shows four or five hours, not many of us can get back and listen to them. 
just for the sake of um, one or two, you know, specific points that deals, you know, with our in our personal life. Um, I know these these men that broke down um, uh, Carl's talk shows at you know four or five hour talk shows were just blessings. Um, Dennis Edward and Eddie, not Eddie Craig. Um, who is it, friends? Who's Oh, I can't think of his name right now, but they'll break these calls down, you know, and and tear them right to pieces and get the important points and put them up on YouTube. And that's that's a a wonderful talent for ones that can do that. Um, I I wouldn't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to get something up to YouTube. I don't even know know how to upload. But um, anyway, no thanks. Colin, for all your information, again, you know, the more and more we listen and uh, to you, you know, the more it's implanted in our brain. And we being, you know, humans that, that only retain certain much in our mind, we need repetition, you know. We, we all do. Nobody can remember anything and everything. It's just impossible. We're not, we're not created that perfect yet. But... Um, Thank you so much for all your experiences and your opinions and and your knowledge, especially. Um, you've, there's obviously a, a lot of knowledge in in one of your talk shows, you know, because because you can speak fast and because we can feel your confidence. And um, you know, like you say, we have to study a lot of things ourselves, you know. But if has anybody got any questions that they want to ask Colin before he goes? Um, I'm just looking at the board here. Okay, guest 16 has a question. Thank you, Law Fam. Um, if I can find guest 16. There is no... Yes, there is. Sorry. Um, i got to follow the board here. Shouldn't have been interrupted two hours ago. I got a question. Who are you angry at, Colin? You got PTSD. Colin likes to get free stuff. He's so mistreated with free housing and stuff. Uh, Guess 16. His attitude seems familiar. Should have been interrupted, and I got a question. Who are you angry at? Um... Guess sixteen. Uh, I really is this beneficial? Um, you know your questions to you know pertaining to the show. Um, yeah, no. Guess sixteen is just a rude intruder, as far as I'm concerned, and I really don't want to repeat some of the things he's got on chat. But uh, you know, because these shows are going out to the public to the private, to young people, to new people, and any rudeness like this, I, I just delete, you know, block, block chat, um, block the people. I, you know, these are, I, I presume, adults on, on the shows, you know, and, like, we're supposed to be adults here, you know, and and some some men and women that, you know, Come on, these shows are, are are worse than worse than children, worse than children because they're 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 adults, and these are the type of people you know I don't like associating with. And we're not going to learn anything good from you, guest sixteen. 
so see you later. Anyway, that's what I do. You know, you got to, there's a scripture in the Bible, bad association spoils useful habits. So if you're going to socialize with stupid people, you're going to be stupid. If you want to become wise, you, you, you hang with the wise. You know, and that's not just scriptures from the Bible. These are, you know, things from wise people. So anyway, that's my two cents worth about uh, friends like that. Get friends like that, you don't need enemies. Anyway, Colin, thank you. <laughs> thank with you. These people, you know, um, patiently, um, patiently. I think, thank, yeah, thank you so much for that stand-up. Uh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'll still address the, the issue. A person is interpreting, it is their interpretation that I'm angry. Uh, what they're mistaking is anger is passion. I am very, very passionate about it. Trust me, if you were around me and I was angry, you would know the difference. Because the people who have experienced anger, uh, they quickly know the difference. I am passionate about this. It is so vital and important. And it's serious. It's not, I laugh and I can joke and I can laugh at myself, but it is not a joking matter. I, um, you don't get the calls I get. I get calls all day long. Every time I take a nap, I get maybe an hour and a half to two hour nap if I'm lucky before I get a call or a text. And I get calls from all over the world of people having their children stolen, their houses stolen with fabricated documents and they don't know what to do and invariably they wait to the last minute and they call me and I wish I was Superman. I wish I could just go over there and, you know, and just bust these people upside the head. It is, it, yes, it is, if you, what you're also hearing is frustration because I can't do it on my own. I need your help. We need your help. And so making comments like that, the only question I would simply ask is, is that helpful? It, let's say for a second that I was angry. Is that comment designed to poke the lion that is roaring and to make me even more mad and maybe find out where you live, track your ass down, and whoop your ass? Or is it designed to calm me down and say, wow, I really understand, and thank God there's somebody out there who gives a shit enough to care and be passionate, to take his time out of the day to help and then turn around and take the time to do this uh, uh, quote-unquote speech and worry about every word that I use being precise and trying to express a thought or idea in a way that the most number of people can actually get it and conceive of it. And to be precise in the words and to quote properly that which I'm quoting and to apply it to the situation, knowing that most people here are interested in what they've been led to believe is quote-unquote common law. And yeah, I am slightly angry that I even need to do this. I would much prefer to be out windsurfing. I would much prefer to be out swimming. I would much prefer, you know, you know, living in the woods, okay? This is not what I desire. All of my inventions, uh, you know, they were all designed to save the environment, Okay? I mean, at one time I was working on a way to literally remove man off of the face of the earth without hurting anything in the environment because I saw man as the enemy, because I saw man destroying with absolutely no thought the air, the water, 
and I mean, we're talking about regular people. Not we're not talking even about chemtrails at this point. I was I've lived in the woods. I've li- I've been to villages. I've been to places that were un quote unquote uncivilized. The quote unquote civilized people are the most destructive of civilization. I've been to places all over the world where there's untainted villages that live perfectly in harmony. Nobody in the uniform. No government. No nothing. And they come together and they sing at night. The most beautiful, beautiful music you've ever heard with no instruments. I've experienced this and I'm sharing this with you. I remember when I was in Fiji. I'll give you a quick story. I was in Fiji. And it was the first vacation I think I've ever taken, really. And I was actually told by the people around me, the people that worked for me, uh, that I had to take a vacation. You know, that was it. I was working myself too hard. So I, I took a vacation, and I was supposed to get sleep and so on. And I ended up basically taking a dart and throwing it, and it turned out I watched a movie, which was Survivor or something like that, with uh, Tom Hanks. And it, he was, in, come to find out, looked out, it was Fiji. So I go to Fiji, and oh, my God, everything starts all over again. It was another lesson for me. I first got to know the Indian people there because they were the business people. So the first place that you go when you go to a place as a tourist on vacation, you go to where the business is because that's where they lead you. And I got all of their stuff about how they couldn't stand the indigenous people. The indigenous Fijians are lazy. They're this, they're that, they're the other thing. And then within, I think within less than a week, uh, the hotel I was staying at, which was kind of like a cottage thing, it was a hostel, and they, I got to know uh, some of the people working there because I'm just a friendly kind of guy. And one of the ladies working there, um, you know, has a family of her own, the washing machine or the dryer, one of the other ones that, you know, they have all this laundry to do, had broken down. And, you know, this is a pretty cheap place because I had transferred the, the expensive place for a cheaper place. And because it was a much nicer, more secluded, and so on. And so I said, well, I have knowledge in this. I went over there, and I was able to find out what the problem was and fix it. And she was so excited because her job was relying upon that thing working. And so we got to know each other, blah, 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 blah. Ended up, I got invited to her home in a true Fijian, real indigenous um, village. And I ended up uh, getting all the money back for the next three weeks, and I slept on a concrete floor. And if you knew my body, that's one of the hardest things to do because I have a wide shoulders and it hurts like hell. But to me, I wanted to experience the real deal. And the money that I had saved, I basically, over a period of time, used it and shared it with this particular village. And don't you know, I'm spending time up on the roof fixing the antenna. They had one television, which everybody gathered around and fixing the antenna, and I was fixing the washing machine. I was fixing all sorts of stuff and doing things, and I'm on vacation because I love working my hands. I love giving. It made me feel better. I got to go to places and see sites that no man has ever been able to do before, Um, and I was actually invited to speak in a church, First, allegedly the first white man to speak in one of their indigenous churches, and I've never done a sermon before, never. And why would I? I'm not. I'm not a clergyman. I ain't got the collar on me. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been to the school, but here I was being asked. So I prayed about it, and the sermon ended up being about the story about the fisherman. And the story goes that fisherman is 
hanging out on the beach, painting his boat. And he has just got through fishing with his son, who is now off to school. And when his son gets back from school, they play in the water and they do things. And then they go out fishing and they bring in enough food for themselves and a little bit to sell at market. And uh, he's painting his boat and he's pretty much happy. And a man, you know, with nice, you know, super-duper shoes and super-duper suit steps out and says, follow me and I'll show you how to be a rich man. And the fisherman says, well, what do I need to do? He says, oh, I'll teach you everything you need to do. I'll teach you how to create companies and destroy companies and, and sell them out and everything, but you'll be a very, very rich man. And I said, well, how long will this take? Oh, it'll only take about the best years of your life, you know. Um, and he, he goes, okay, but you'll be a very rich man. He says, okay, uh, what do I do when I'm rich? And the guy says, well, you can buy a place on the beach and hang out with your kids and play with your boat. And the point is it took him a while for it to sink in. And actually what was so ironic about this, I had no scripture. I couldn't find any scripture that had this. But at the moment I was done, my fingers had done their own walking and found scripture that applied to that directly. I don't remember what it was this day, but it was perfect. And I actually flipped through like three different places and scripture nailed it right on. It was like, wow, wow, wow. And ironically enough, after it, at church, you know, a bunch of them were in a group. Apparently there had been a bunch of pastors, which I had no clue. There had been a bunch of chiefs and a bunch of uh, pastors, what they call pastors, what you would call pastors, rather, uh, that had come to, to hear. And they were all gathered around the circle. And then finally one of them comes over and asks me some questions. And it turned out that they finally got what, what was being said, which was a very simple message. You don't need to go doing all of this commercial, quote-unquote, stuff of cutting each other's throats and burning bridges and wasting the best years of your life and not spending any time with your kid because you already, what I was telling them is you already have. Your people are poor, yes, but you are so rich in the fact that you know your children. Your children are with you all day long. You get to grow your own food. And, get, and that's another cool thing. They don't grow crops like you and I. They know the trees. They know where the fruits are. They all live together. They don't, they don't have crops like we do. But they just walk into the woods anytime they're hungry. I was sick as a dog, and they walked into, into the woods and grabbed this special fruit and handed it to me and made me well. I didn't need to go to a hospital. didn't need a hospital. All I needed was that particular fruit. And I had a whole different understanding of what they do. They were considered to be lazy by the Indians because the Indians had been brought there by the British. And the British, hello, oh, that's all wrong. We've got to get up and get to work at 6 o'clock and do our business until 6 o'clock in the evening, you know. And that's how they had learned. Very industrious people. And guess what? The indigenous people knew how freaking hot it was during the day. They would get up at 4.30 in the morning when it was cool and they would go do all their harvesting and all of their work while it was cool. And then during the work day, when it was hotter than hell, and these idiots are out there doing their businesses, they were laying around and going to sleep. That's why they kept seeing them laying around and sleeping, these lazy, good-for-nothing. And then in the evening, when it cooled down, they came together and they did some more stuff, and they cooked invariably, almost always. Everyone brought together some food, fish, whatever they had to contribute, what they had picked or whatever. And they would dig a trench, in, 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 or they already had a trench, and they would build a fire. Somebody was building the fire throughout the whole day to get a nice bed of coals. And then around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they would lay the food in there, and they put the, the, palm, the palm fronds on top, and it would cook for three or four hours, and then the whole village would sit around and eat together. 
a whole village. You guys have never experienced that. I'm telling you, it, I was in tears out of joy and uh, just moving. Those people who pray and get a, a moving feeling and are, find themselves in tears, that's the feeling that I had almost every day. It was, you know, and nothing could have paid for that. But, you know, kind of going along the theme, I was willing to give up my comfortable hotel room and it was only because I was willing to give my time and effort and fix something, even though I was on vacation, that I was granted that opportunity. I actually got invited to a chieftain's meeting. No outsiders were allowed to the chieftain. I was, I, was, I was granted to come to the chieftain's meeting, which is where every, all the chiefs of all the different islands, and by the, by the way, they rotate chiefs all the time. No one chief stays in position for too long. So here you have Every, and, and it occurred to me, in nature, every cell in your body is separate, but it's relying on the rest. If you look at how nature is, you have one tree that produces fruit, but they're in a clump of trees. And when you understand that this is how we're meant to be, this is how it's set up in nature, that's how we're supposed to be. They had the perfect social system, a small group of people that's self-governing, that then inter, interreacts with all of the other bodies that are self-governing. They didn't have any police forces. They didn't have any of that stuff. And they lived in peace, and they lived in relative harmony. The only thing that was disrupting their harmony, believe it or not, was the want and the greediness of wanting the crap that we produce, like computers, televisions, you know, washing machines and dryers. They were sharing it at this time, but people started wanting more. I started noticing how they started going towards that. And that's what the sermon was about that was given to me, which was, you already got everything you want. Creator gave us everything we could possibly want. We don't need more. Just give. Just do. So I ask you, was your comment designed to calm me down and say, Colin, we get it. Thank you. We understand your frustration. We understand your passion that really ministered to me or was it to try and antagonize me? Ask yourself that question. Are you a contributor or are you a distractor? Does that work for you, Sonia? Thank you, Colin. That was uh, a nice experience that uh, I'm sure touches everybody's heart, like, you know, getting to know you and, and your experiences and what you went through and your passion, like you say, your passion for people and and um, you know what? I remember when I first started learning about um, law, and it, it it was out of anger. It it was out of anger for being hurt, for being betrayed, you know, by other men and women, and and government and officials and authorities and stuff like that, you know. And and that's I think that's why we're all here. We know there's something wrong, and uh, we're being betrayed, and this is not the way it was meant to be. And um, <clears throat> that's why we're all here. So we're, we all have an anger in a, in a, in a way. Like you cannot be an army um, and, and not be angry uh, about the bad things that are going on in this world. You know, even God's army, uh, when vengeance is his, when it's going to be his time, his anger will show of, of the, you know, the disappointment that he has, you know, that he's, 
he's given us all the opportunities to do what's right and and we've chose not to so even uh, god can be angry at uh, unrighteousness so we have we have that right too to hate what is bad to love what is good and to hate what is bad so um you know who's to say why why are you angry um you know and thank you for your explanation <laughs> that was cool that was cool um uh drunken master asked a question wanted to ask you a question too and and i think to me you've, you've kind of covered this in in a way um is man um obligated to the constitution and i just while you were talking slipped in a little note there that I believe that the Constitution was put in place to protect man from the government so the government wouldn't, uh, you know, abuse man. So I believe that, that's my belief, why the Constitution is, is put there. It's not put there for man. It's put there to protect man. That's my opinion. Maybe you can elaborate a bit on that. No, you're absolutely right, and that's why you need to read and understand and memorize the unanimous Declaration of Independence because it tells you exactly and precisely any form of government. And the constant, remember we had a, Articles of Confederation first, and it didn't work so well, and then they came up with a constitutional form of government, and that's why in Article 6 it says anything in this constitution or laws of any state to the contrary, to the contrary of what? To the contrary of the principles that to secure these rights, governments instituted among men. That anything in the constitutional laws of any state to the contrary notwithstanding, which means it doesn't stand, it doesn't hold. So it, you're actually perfectly exactly right. All forms of government, no matter what form, not just the constitution, whether it's constitutional, and technically that means corporations. How do I know that? Go back to Hale versus Sinkle. All corporations are creations of the state. The state was created to secure our rights. Therefore, and then it goes on to say, and it is presumed that it is created to be for the benefit of the public. So that tells you that all corporations are there actually to benefit the public. So no matter what form it is, if it's anything to do, and that's where this word derived, anything derived from, any form of government is there to secure people's rights and to provide them with their safety and happiness and to benefit the public. Benefit the public. That's the reason you create it. The public don't owe anybody. There's no duty that the public has except to, to, to enjoy it. That's why it says exercise the free exercise free and the enjoyment of any right or privilege. So even if you consider it a privilege, they can't take it away. A privilege is considered to be property. Did you know that? If you get food stamps and you're denied food stamps, you can sue them because that's considered your property. It is a right. Well, it's a privilege, but it's a the privilege is a right. See, people get okay. stuff. Okay, Colin. Yes. Uh, Supreme Court ruling: No corporation jurisdictions over a natural man. Uh, that was done in 1795, I believe. What's the name of the case? There is no case. It just says Supreme Court ruling, no corporate, no corporate jurisdiction over an actual man. So, Supreme Court of the United States, 1795. Mm-hmm. Inasmuch as every government is an artificial person. 
any, oh, I'm sorry, and a curation of mine only. A government can interfere only with other artificial persons. Having neither, or actually, actually, trying to read this, actually, Mr. Stevens' government can only have the artificial person, can interact only with other actual person. It, the image, having neither actually nor tangible, this legal manifestation is that no government, as well as any law agency, court, can concern itself with anything other than corporation, artificial person, and the contracts between them. SCR 195 3 US 541 L E D 57 3 D A L 54. Okay, yeah, that's telling you the numbers. You look up the numbers. It took me a while to figure it out. But when you look up uh, the numbers, it'll tell you basically the section and then the page number where it's at. That's how they, they do it. You can go on um, Supreme Court. What is it called? Okay, okay. Yeah, it is, uh, let, me, let me spell this out. It's P-E-N-H-A-L-L-O-W versus D-O-A-N-E, Administrators. Three US dot three four one L E D five seven three D A L L five four. But actually there's there's other ones prior to that that they cannot go they cannot actually there was a guy that they end up putting he was doing the um administrative process. I'm sorry, the he was doing the um not the squatters rate, he was doing um what is that called? Um adverse uh adverse um help me out Colin. Adverse it's almost like squatter Adverse possession? Yeah, it's almost like squatter squatter rates. And it's called adverse possession, yeah, that's that's different. Adverse possession is different from squatters rights. Correct. And he ended up doing out. He ended up finding out other codes that were more up to date, and they end up selling his case. He was in jail for over two years, and when he went to court, he slammed them. And when he slammed them, because that's all he did in jail was looking up different codes, acts, statutes, etc., and he slammed them. So they end up suing the, the uh, case at the end because they did not want anyone else to do this. And I used to have that on recording of what he ended up putting in. And for God's sake, because I changed so many computers, and then I, I end up getting an external drive, I still can't find it. And was short and sweet to the point. 
Wow. Um, yeah, that reminds me of what also I, you know, it's so funny because years ago um, when I was teaching on my show, I was always telling people when you find a case that's even remotely interesting, if you read more than one paragraph, if it's that interesting to read more than one paragraph, highlight it from the bottom up and don't take all the rest of it, just the dialogue, I mean just the writing, and put it into a Word document or Word Perfect. Paste it in there. Immediately go back and get the URL address. The URL. That's where you right-click on where it says HTTP. And right-click on it and copy that and paste that at the top of the document. Well, don't you know, um, my friend here in in Maryland uh, was doing that. He had first just started doing it. And he just basically blindly obeyed and said, okay, that's what he wants to do. I'll do it. And thank God he found this really great case in Maryland that addressed the issues was really fantastic. And he told me about it. I was like, oh, that sounds really great. I'm really excited. You know, he read some of it. And I said, well, let me, let me look up the case. And he gives me the case, the exact case, the case number, everything. And I go into the search engine. I could not find it anywhere. This is only like three or four hours after he found it. And I could not find it. I couldn't find it under the, the name generally, locally. I couldn't find it under the number. Nothing did not exist, whether on Google's, Scholar, Google Search, Google General, Bing. Uh, I used everyone I could find. Yahoo. I used every search engine I could find. Not there. But when he, I said, did you get the link? You know, did you get the URL address? He goes, yeah. So he gave it to me, and there it was. So it's not that it's gone. It's just what I found out that they're making it so that you can't find it. Now, Trey today talked to me and said that she used to be able to go in. She went down to the land records office. And just you know, two days ago, she could type in her name, and all of her documents would pop up, okay? She goes in today, she couldn't find it. wasn't there. It was only because she had a copy that she had gotten before that it had the numbers. All of them have a plat and, and number on them. Well, you got to get it certified, but go ahead. And she, Yeah, she's done that now. And, and so what she said, I, I want it. Does this exist? And yes, they were able to look it up under the number, but the search engine... I believe that they have a little teeny program, like a flagging program that says, you don't see me, I don't exist. Yep. And so, yes, we have, and, and, and why is this going on? It's going on because, and we're, we're, let's, let's ask a better question. Why are we finding, it out, finding out about this, and why am I able to forewarn you? Because we are doing something to find out, because we're doing case law search, because we're looking for it. We're finding their fraud. We're finding the evidence we need to bring an action against them. But too many people are waking up, uh, Colin. But they're waking up because they're doing research. They're waking up because they're reading. They're waking up because they're looking for stuff and not ignoring it, not trying to separate themselves and not trying to run away from it. Cheyenne, a couple of friends were asking if you had any, any links to the information that you were giving. To who, Colin? No, um, you, Cheyenne. Um, a couple of oh, people. I end up having to um, shut down my computer because the mouse. I guess <laughs> when I punched on that, um, well, that's okay. turn it back if you, on. If you find any links, there's a couple of friends that. No, I'll I'll end up posting it or I'll give it to you. Okay. And reboot. I couldn't move my mouse. 
put it a few But there's pieces. another one, and like I, I was telling Colin, there's another one that a guy who was doing adverse mm-hmm. procession, mm-hmm. and they locked him up for two years. Mm-hmm. And that's all he did was study their law. And he beat them on his law. On their law, not his law, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And and I had that recorded and I had that on my, my computer. But I have no clue where it's at. Well, <clears throat> okay. My mouse is not working. If you if you find it maybe you can put it in Skype and we can send it around. I'll I'll write down on my Note here was Drunken Master and Janine that was looking for the link. If you find any information, so it's, I'll write that down here. Drunken Master, Drunken Master, and Janine. Janine. Looking for link. Looking. What kind of mouse do you have? Uh... Is it a plug-in or a... It is a... a um, is it a radio uh, type? You know, is it like, like it has a little log, toggle? It looks like it's log tech. No, 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 no. Do you plug it in on a wire? Oh, no, no. It's uh, just it's wireless. Oh, it's and a wireless. Unplug your dongle. Is, unplug your little dongle. I did re-plug, that. And replug it in. Did it go... Okay, I did, here, that. did your Did your computer go dingling when you unplugged it? Well, let me do it again. Yeah, wait a minute for it to go ding-a-ling. If it, if it, it's already... If it All right, unplugged. And try and put it in a different USB port. All right, hold on then. I did go the ding-a-ding. Oh, good. So at least it's recognizing that it's not there. Try plug... And you know what? Your battery's dead then on your on your mouse. Oh, it doesn't... I don't think it takes... Yeah, it does. It, it's probably on the bottom. You have to you have to pop off the the top or bottom. What kind is it? Oh, yep. Probably take a double A or a triple A. Usually, they take a double A. Yep, I see where you can. Is it a Logitech? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's on the top. Then, then you you press a little button, and it'll pop off the back end. It takes a double A. Yep. There we go. No kidding. Thank you, Colin. You're welcome. Yes, Cheyenne. <clears throat> Cheyenne? Um, yes. Janine was saying if, if you could find the link, she would Google it. Well, let me go get back online. Yeah, okay, no problem. I'm trying to do my mouse. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> You're welcome. Now I can't get the battery back in. What kind of battery are you using? A rechargeable or non-rechargeable? None. Okay, it should fit then. A rechargeable battery sometimes a little bit big for the Logitech. It won't. Okay, no, I got I got the green lights. There you go. You're up and running. All right. Well, let me let me put this cover back on. I can. But anyhow, yes, I need to find out these codes that this guy did. It was back in 19, uh, I think it was 1997, 90, there we go, 1990, yep, there we go, awesome. Oh, thank you, Colin. 
Okay, that one away. Okay, let me get back online. Hopefully, I didn't move my sights. Cohen's our computer doctor. Okay, coming back on. But anyhow, that I got, and I end up running to the guy. Uh, not him, but another guy that that it was on his show because I was because I couldn't find this guy's codes. Um, how he won? I mean, he kicked ass. Who's playing music? Oh, sorry, I thought I was muted. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Recently closed. Eighteen tabs. Twenty-two tabs. Come on. But anyhow, I have to find the one that got him off the charges. Okay, that's not it. Let's go back to... Oh, here's a good one. There was a court case with... um, I think IRS. That's me making soup. Alrighty. Let's go to... I don't want to hold anyone up. Well, maybe you can post it on Skype if you find it. I find out since like someone worked on my computer. Let's do the 32 tabs. There's Colin playing the guitar. Oh, shit, did I unmute? <laughs> I got it on my knee because I got a charger on it, and it keeps keeps touching every time I touch the screen. It comes on and off. Sorry. Oh, no, it was nice. Can you sing with it? Uh, I used to be able to. Too much talking, I can't sing anymore. Well, no one's talking. I just play at it anyway. I'm not very good at it. Well, it was Christmas in prison. And the food was real good. We had turkey and pickles carved out of wood. And I dream of her always, even when I don't dream her name's on my room and her blood's in my stream. Wait a while, eternity. Old Mother Nature's got nothing on me. 
Come to me, run to me, come to me now. We're rolling, my sweetheart. We're blown, my God. You know that song? <laughs> that was nice. That's John Prine, believe it or not. When I was in the, it's funny when I was in at the end of my of my wonderful honorable service in, in the military. Uh, my going away present was 45 days in Brig, even Redline Brig, the last of the Redline Brig, which they outlined outlawed, and it was during the oil embargo, so they had turned the heat off on the ship, and we're four decks below water, freezing our asses off, but brig rules and regulations say you're only allowed to wear underwear, one pair of pants, uh, no socks, and uh, a t-shirt. So what you did, you tried to stay warm while your feet were sticking to the deck, and you weren't allowed to talk, say, or anything, and apparently I'd heard the song once, and that's when I uh, kind of uh, kind of put it into my own context type of thing. But that, that's why it reminds me of is a rather interesting thing. They can assault you at any time. They had a, a special um, uh, cell, which was a padded cell, and you would be taken in there periodically to be beat up by the Marines. Mm. And, um, and I'd never forget, there's, you always find something funny to hang on to to keep your sanity, you know. And uh, particularly since I was there under completely false trumped-up charges, it was really fascinating. And um, the reason why they, part of the reason they did it was because I had won 12 other cases at Captain's Mass before, which is, you talk about admiralty, that's Captain's Mass is even even more than admiralty law. But I'd actually won the case by studying, always I, I won the cases um, uh, because I'd studied the Uniform, commercial, uh, uniform Code of Military Justice, rather. And um, so, but I remember this one guy, he would, his way of rebelling, and you always, it's kind of cute because you find different ways that people rebel. His way of rebelling was to eat 12 or 15 eggs at breakfast. (laughs) You weren't allowed to talk, but all day long. (laughs) And it would piss off the Marines terribly. The rest of us, we'd have to lay down on the ground so they wouldn't be smelling (laughs) But this is the kind of entertainment that you get when you got nothing to do all day except try to figure out how you're going to survive, you know. And you don't sleep at night. You shiver all night. You're only allowed one blanket, you know. And it was one of them itchy-ass blankets, too. But, yeah, that was um, yeah, that was an experience in and of itself, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's, what that, that's what that song reminds me of, you know. You know had to listen to the whole thing. I, I don't know if I know. Sorry, Colin, when you hear those stories, you know, you you appreciate your life, you know, because there's always somebody out there that's had it worse. And and yet can can come around. You know, it doesn't matter what we go through, we're still alive. We gotta count yep. count our blessings. And they do come. Any other questions, my friends? Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I wish I had learned how to read music so I could play it, but I just I just like the sound, you know. Sometimes I just come up with sounds I like. And that makes me happy. I get to play it. I felt like playing it now because I wanted to calm down a little bit, you know, <laughs> center myself. Oh, that's good. That's good you've got, uh, you've got that, you know. And uh, my my boys play too. My boys play guitar pretty good too and that's what they use to calm themselves down. We all got our things. I garden. 
when I go out and garden, that calms me down. You know, it, it just, you just, your thoughts get lost. You know, you just you release the negative energy and, you know, pull in the positive and the negative just has to go. Okay, back to um, topic. Has anyone heard of Oklahoma police can seize your entire bank account on a traffic stop without any charges? Yeah, I heard that. Because you told me not too long ago. Isn't that crazy? It's getting really, really bad. It's going from bad to worse. Yeah, we'll have to just keep on learning and standing up for ourselves so we can. Well, Sonia, you realize what that's saying? They can, they, they can't even have a charge. They would just run your credit card and see how much is there. Yeah. Now, I'm still trying to find this link. Terrible. Is that in a statute? It just happened, Colin. Well, it happened, but is it a statute? Is it in law that they can do that? Um, here, I'll post it if I can find the chat. I can't find the chat. Sonia, do you have it? Yeah, mm-hmm. the chat up here. I can't find the chat. You mean on Skype? Right? Do you mean on Skype? I got way too many windows open. I cannot find the chat. You mean on Skype? From Collins. Okay, here we go. Here it is. That's for the Oklahoma Police Station. This is a site that someone gave me and looked into it. But you all can. That's one. Here's two. Did you put the link in Skype somewhere? I saw it tonight. I don't know where I saw it. Oh, here's how to make um, tea. That's a good one. Tea. That's a topic, but I'm just going through all my stuff. I'm trying to find that. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, oh, oh. Did everyone hear that um, Christian Waters passed The what? Waters passed You're broken up. Christian Waters passed Christian Waters passed away. You're kidding me. In jail. No. What? He was in jail? Christian Walt, isn't that the the one that was up in um, Alaska that that got arrested? No, Florida. He did the NTT show. He was really into um, uh, trust and equity group. Oh, Chris. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. No. Holy crap. He was born July uh, January 16th, 1961. He passed away May 29th, 2016. You need to move your signal around because you're broken up at least. Okay. He was born. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I hear you. He was born January 16th, 1951. He passed away May 29th, 2016. Wow. And I'll give the link to that on the um I know I was I was very heartbroken on that. He was an excellent, excellent guy. Wow. Yeah, I know. That was like a a wow to me. I'll put that on the, uh, there you go, there you go. I'm sure, um, Shanine, you don't know about him, but if you go back into, uh, his talk shows, he did equity, and, um, he was mixed. He was mixed. What would you say, Colin? He was mixed with um, common law, hmm. equity, and trust. Well, he was always talking about trust law. He believed everything yes. went back to trust law, and it got so arduous tracking it all down. He was going back to the old English and everything, and he had a lot of good stuff. Um, that was, but but the reason why I kind of walked away from it was because we couldn't get remedy. He kept insisting that you could get remedy in it, but I what I think he didn't realize, which thank God I had somebody helping me to realize, is that because the courts and the not the courts, but because the people that are in these positions have become so corrupted that even if what you're doing is true and lawful, it didn't matter to them. And that's when I started, and it wasn't, you know, it was ironic that it was out of sheer frustration when I did what I did to the Supreme Court in Oklahoma. It was it was almost, I mean, I was, I was worried I might get arrested by it, but it was sheer desperation that I put something in there that caused them, I basically said that they were accessories to a misdemeanor because in OS 1212C uh, C or D, I can't remember what, F, it said that any act, any action that an officer 
of a suspended corporation does is considered to be a misdemeanor. And so when the corporation was suspended, filed a motion to have my uh, appeal dismissed, and it said at the beginning of the order that this court hereby grants the motion of KOD Enterprises to dismiss the appeal. Well, what they had done, it'd be one thing if they just if they had dismissed my appeal, but what they had said at the very end, I quoted it, they had granted the motion of a suspended corporation. And so I said, I, I basically, I, I forget how I wrote it, but I remember that I wrote in there, it said that this court, all nine judges, in fact, I called them judges, all nine of these judges are men, I think I may even said men, uh, as judges, were, um, what, what did I just say, were um, um, accessories to a misdemeanor because they had granted an order of a suspended corporation and they were in violation of OS 1212, I believe it is uh, A or B that said, or, the, or just 1212 itself, it said that no court in Oklahoma shall grant any suspended corporation the right to um, bring or defend an action in the court. And they had just done that. So that's when I, uh, again, I even went one step further. I said uh, I qualified. I didn't say I was going to, but I said I qualified for a declaratory judgment. And I laid out what a declared, you know, the requirements of a declaratory judgment and then, you know, showed how I qualified for it and that the declaratory judgment would read something like this. And then I put it in parentheses or brackets, actually, in quotes. And it said, this court and all nine judges are no longer going to abide by the statute that clearly states the following, and I state it. And this court is going to overturn all the court, the last five court cases, which I listed, um, where they had abide, abide, abided by the law. And it was a snide remark. You know, it was out of frustration. And to this day, ironically, I believe that was the reason that I got such a positive response was because I had basically called them out. And that's what started me down the road of realizing we have to box these judges in. We have to force them to do what they're already obligated to do. That's the new game. It's not enough to be right. It's not enough to be correct in law. You have to, be, you have to know how to force them to do what they're obligated to do under the law, which means you need to know the law and you need to know the, the, how to enforce the law on them. So you need to know the law of enforcement. And that's why that's why I go to 18 USC. That's why I use I in the same way that I, I I I'm based in common law. In fact, I shared a document today. I've been using common law. I always I always apparently I've always said in my documents, man. Uh, I didn't use the lowercase I. I just said man, given the name, and um, and I call myself loving man because that means I don't have to come in peace and all that other stuff. A loving man doesn't have to come in peace. It also means I'm a living man because I started saying living man, and I said, no, I'm just going to call myself loving man. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's when, you know, that's why I now, in the same way you can use common law and lace it, which basically means, or what I, uh, what do you call it, lace it, what's another word you want to use? I call it lacing, lacing it or uh, putting it in there, but it's, it's laced with it. It's not overt. It's slightly covert. And you say, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, have I used have I used statute law when I say, is it true 
that statute OS uh, 12LC says the following: that no court have, have I am I subject to it? No. All I asked was a question. Does it not say that? And if you've listened to what Jesus said, he said, it is said. So if you wanted to paraphrase something, whether it was statute, code, law, constitution, otherwise, the constant, and you always say, and, and I put it that way, the Constitution says, and then I'll quote my source, I'm not subject to it. I haven't said anything. Just like I said before, I haven't said I'm a U.S. citizen. All I'm saying is that it says that no, no state shall make or enforce any law that abridges the privileges of means of citizen of the United States. So I'm not subject to it. I haven't made myself party to it. I'm just reminding them, perhaps, or putting it out there, you know, throwing it up there. Hey. And the same way I do that, I do that now with um, federal law, 18 U.S.C. 241. I use quotes out of that. I actually quote it, but I always put it in quotations. And I'll use it in a sentence. So I actually talk... Um, you know, in fact, somebody was asking about this, like, you know, well, you know, he can't testify that way. And, and that's when uh, Luella said, well, that's the way he talks. That's the way he communicates. I use these because of su- such perfect words, like when you use scripture. When I studied the Bible, I was always quoting scripture. So it's the same kind of thing, is that you're not necessarily su- subject to it just because you quote it and put it in quotation marks. And so I'll, I'll make a sentence and I'll put that quotation in there. You know, that uh, if two or more, you know, like it says, if two or more gather in my name, I shall be a monk, kind of thing. Um, so I lace, I lace my cases with some powerful stuff. And I use the word appears. It appears that this court is in violation of 18 U.S.C. 241, which says, blah, 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 blah. Uh, somebody's home, so I guess I need to go. Hope that helps. Thank you very much. Talk to you guys later. Thank you, dear. Bye-bye. <laughs> like Clovis says, who let the dogs out? Yep, his dog's letting him know he's got a phone call. Well, friends, again, if if anyone uh, can and wishes to, to donate to Colin, uh, I put his link up here. It's I should be getting to know it by now. Truth Monger 6. Let me look it up again here. Uh, and he could use the help too because he does this 24 7. Okay. Um, he said he's not going to tell his age, but I believe he's probably retired and uh, from the military and all the other things that he's done. And so, and he's had military court cases and all sorts of stuff. I, I mean, we know so little about him, really, and I, I really believe he's valuable. So, truthmonger6 at gmail.com. And um, I believe he doesn't go through PayPal either, so you could always write him a little letter and, um, you know, send him five or ten bucks or, you know, some dog food or something like that. Um, if you want to, and if you can, you know, things are tough for all of us. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> there's not too many rich people that we have on the talk shows, and, and uh, you know, things are tight for all of us. So, anyway, if you can send I'm a, very what rich. Pardon me? I'm very rich. Well, you know what I mean, rich, rich in money, 
you know. Watch your words there, I, sweetheart. I, I hate to use that word, but you know what I mean. Like I said, if you can send them something, you know, bag of dog food or some kibbles or something, you know, uh, I'm sure you'd appreciate it. And uh, uh, Janine, you said you missed Colin's link. That's okay. I'll put it. I'll put it up here. Okay. Well, I tell her I'm trying to still find that. I cannot find it. Save my. That's all right, Cheyenne. You. But it was no. I I, I should have printed it out. Oh, I can't print it out because I'm dealing with ink right now. You give us a wealth of information. Truthmonger. Making sure I spell everything right here with this email for Colin Toothmonger Six. Email. Gotta get it right here. I need a new address, but mine's getting so crammed. Okay. Truthmonger6 at gmail.com. And that's for our buddy, Colin. Colin Derrick. And you know, Colin's really wonderful about, you know, he loves to talk. If you got a problem, email him. He'll give you his phone number. He's even put his phone number um, on chat. Um, I don't give it out all the time. You know, he, I'm sure it's okay with him if you've got a serious case, but I th- I'm sure he's got a lot on the go. But I think it would be best to email him first, and he'll give you his phone number, and he just loves to talk. You can pretty much call him any time because he, he's on the phone all the time. He's always on the phone. And this is why he talks so fast. You know, this is why he talks a lot. Because he's talking to people, friends, men and women, all the time. This is why he can talk the way he does with the confidence that he has. And he's working with a, a lot of people on cases. That This is all he does. And so he's a wonderful resource. And um, so keep in touch with him if you ever got a problem. Um, he's, as, as you know, he's got passion galore. And... Um, you know, he'll try and help anybody with anything. And if he doesn't know how to, he'll learn. He's wonderful. And I met him through you, Cheyenne. You introduced me to him, and thank you very much. You know, that's the reason he's here. You you mentioned him, and you got him back on the calls because there was a time he had quit. You know, he was done. He didn't think there was an interest. People just didn't want to listen, didn't want to hear, didn't want to pay attention, and like that ignorant man or woman that was on here on our show today was just plain ignorant that, you know, they they mentioned something about, oh, he's just gibbering and jabbering. Well, they're not listening. They're not listening. To well, gibbering. now, Colin, Colin tried to, um, sorry to interrupt, no. but Colin tried to, um, uh, for my, my friend who passed, and he tried to take over his show. On Saturday night, and it wasn't working. It was actually Colin and Amber, his girlfriend, that at that time. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't going anywhere, mainly probably because everyone was mourning Mike. Yeah. And then 
again, that's when I ended up, I left a month, month and a half to buy, and that's when I, I ended up calling up um, Carl. Because mm-hmm. I seen Colin's and Amber's show wasn't going anywhere. And Colin, or, um, Carl was fresh. And common law felt great. Mm-hmm. So that's where that ended up happening. Yeah, wonderful, Cheyenne. Thank you. Thank you for all you've done, you know. like, And, and it's worked out so well, you know. Like we've had Carl and common law, and, and, and it's been wonderful. And then now we have Colin, and we're learning the... the I don't know any of this stuff either. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the... Canada. Apparently, we need to know more about Bill, Bill of Rights. That keeps coming up. Yeah. Also, we need to, uh, if they send you a letter, mm-hmm. send them back a letter with a bill. That's oh. another thing we need to, to uh, discuss. I mean, there's so many things we need to discuss yeah. instead of the same thing different day. Yeah, yeah. People need to Go out and see what works. Go out and mail stuff. Okay. Well, this is what And we again, uh, on the, um, and I'm sure I mentioned this to you before, instead of doing the um, um, certified or uh, green card, go, you have to ask your post office for Form 3817. It costs you half the price. It's normally... It, that form right there, you have to ask for it. Make sure you get more than one, and it will cost you one thirty here in the U.S. Okay, now that that's in the states, though, right? So Canada, right. I have to figure out. So okay, so for the states, let me. I'm, I'm just taking notes. Post office. You have to ask for it. They don't, they don't want you to know about that. Mm-hmm. I end up finding that out through the manual. Form, form what? Um, <clears throat> it is a uh, certi- certified or certificate of mailing form 3817. It's just a small little thing. And what I like about this is whoever you, you fill the form out, just a small little thing, and they end up doing something to the envelope. They give you a receipt, and they punch it to this certificate of mailing. Now, the other party does not know that you did that. That's the part I like. Mm-hmm. So when they can say, I never received that, ha, here you go, sweetheart. Okay, It was mailed to you. Here in Canada, here in Canada, for any that may be in Canada, on Canada. I would I would check it out, Sonia, before you say anything. Well, I, I've done it. This I have experienced. 3907? Um, you no, done it? No, no, not 3907. But here in Canada, what I do and have done and have experienced is that registered mail. It's called registered, so it's registered to a specific person. Correct. In in the government, and, and also you can do a green card with that. Correct. No, no, it's you, you get a tracking number, and right, you, you take this tracking number home, 
And in a week right. or two or whenever you feel like it, you can go into your computer and get, you can check out the tracking right. number. Right. And you can find out the signature actually who signed for that mail and and what day they got it. So in And that's also the same thing as the green card. Okay. But go ahead. No. So in Canada, that's what it is. It's called registered mail. You just mm-hmm. register. It's not certified. Certified, I think, is in uh, the states, but here it's registered mail. You. I would look. That, seriously, I would look into that form. It's half the cost. And, and they yeah. and, they, and they, they give you a number. Mm. And and if they claim that they never got the number, they didn't receive the mail. Mm-hmm. Like they normally try to pull, mm-hmm. you can just pull that out and say, "Hey, here it is." Yeah, well, here we actually can. I can track. I can track the signature on computer. Who signed for it? Well, nine out of ten. So nine out of ten, Sonia, they scribble. Oh well, most or make up a fake name. Well, most of the ones I've understood. So I'll, I'll, I'll when I write my second letter, I'll say, uh, I, I, I believe or I understand that uh, you know this letter was received by so and so, and it's it's an official, you know, tracking number and an official thing from. And when uh, we do registered mail here in Canada. Uh, it's guaranteed to be there within two to three days, so it's it's not like uh, something that's going to take a week or ten days when you register a letter here in Canada. Correct. Yeah, Correct. It's there within two or three days. Correct. It's it's signed by whoever has picked it up, and you can track it on. Well, that's that's the green card. In the state. Here it's the green card. Yeah. 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 So that's nice to know because, you know, we're, we're try- I'm trying to learn and teach, you know, things that I learn, you know, for Canada because I have to. But I, I learn a lot from the States because the States gives me a lot of basis to where to search um, on Canada. Right. Because a lot of people, friends and you know, men and women that we talk to um, on these talk shows are from all other parts of the world. There's not a lot that I know that are from Canada. Leo Smart, Al King, um, you know, <coughs> Dean Clifford. You see out of jail yet? Don't know. I was just going to ask you the same thing. <coughs> and uh, Quill is talking about Billy. Um, there's a, a man named Billy here in Canada, but uh, anyway. Uh, if Crowell needs to uh, go and dream. Billy Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Billy Thompson, I'm thinking of it. I don't know if he's in British Columbia here in Canada, but um, anyway, everybody's got their lives, and every once in a while they'll pop in. Al King has uh, been in quite a bit. and uh, Al King just took a 500-mile Motorcycle rod yesterday. <laughs> yeah, amazing man. I guess he was picking up some uh, onions, tomatoes. He, he's the one that sent me all these. Organic, all those seeds, right. 
reach out and I want to send some to you. So as soon as I get to read anyone wanting any organic uh, red fife wheat grass, which you can use for juicing, salads, whatever. It's organic. It's it's from Billy from Canada, or Al King. Al. Al from Al Canada. Canada. Yeah. I'm getting tired, I guess. It's 11 o'clock. Um, anyway, anybody, like I say, I've got tons of seeds, and and uh, I'll send some out. And I just put them into a pot, and even if I have to put it in the house, but I'm going to plant some outside. But anybody wanting any organic stuff, if we can, you know, talk about that more. I started up a, a health healing show, too, but just too much stuff. I just can't get to it, so we'll deal with I that. I think right now... If you would do like a local group trading plants, because well, so many yeah. people have, so many people have um, different plants, I find that very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right now is the time, or also in the fall. Yeah, yeah, especially. For and right now is the time, also, if you know local greenhouses. Mm-hmm. They will sell you plants, oh, my God, because they want to get rid of them. Yeah. And it's dirt cheap. We're searching organic. We're searching organic, right? Yes. Yeah. I get some. I get some from my one old neighbor. He's got a few uh, greenhouses. And I'll end up going over. I mean, I'll go there in the spring early spring, late spring, buy some stuff, his plants, if I didn't have my own seeds to grow, um, which I normally do, but I still try to help him out. And the reason why, he had a major stroke. So now is the time for me to go over there and actually he'll have this stuff for free, but I I won't take it for free. I always throw him something. But the reason I'll go over there is his because his plants are under a greenhouse, and they are like they're blooming. They're I mean they're producing vegetables and fruit. He deals with more fruit than vegetables. Okay. Hi, Cheyenne. Hi, Sonia. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed. I know. You are blessed. And we're we're blessed to have, we're <laughs> all blessed. of us are blessed. We're blessed to have you. <laughs> well, thank God for all things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Cheyenne. You left? I don't know if we lost her again. She's got a connection problem. Oh, I see. Oh, well. I hope she gets oh, back She'll in. be back. She'll be back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Aquila. So, I just posted uh, anybody that wa- wants some red fife wheatgrass for free, some seeds. Uh, organic from Al King from British Columbia, our buddy here. Um, uh, in... British Columbia, he's on Skype all the time. He sent me a bag that will last me and then 20 generations, so I'm giving it away. <laughs> wow. I'm giving it away. I'll just throw a few seeds into an envelope, 
send some out. So what I'm going to do here again is I'm going to put my email address in. Um, well, I'm trying to purchase thoughts filling the form, and when I do so, then I'll be more stabilized. But I guess the seeds you can send, yeah, because I can plant them any time. That'd be good. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. If you put your email, or I Skype you as well. Yeah, I just I just put my email address in in the, the chat here. Fine lines engraving at hotmail dot ca. So this is your your name, it's just Sonia Peterson. Patterson, rather, is your name? Yeah. Well, with my email, you just what it is is fine lines engraving because that's the business that I do. I engrave. Fine lines engraving at hotmail dot ca, oh. and um, you can see the board, right, Aquila? I'm sorry. You can see the board, right? I can, and I do see it. You do. Okay. If if you send me your address to this my address here, I'll um, send send you if you're interested in some red five wheat grass, and I'll just grow some in a pot in the house. And it's just like grass, but it's it's great for juicing. See, it's so full of chlorophyll, you know, and so powerful. Um, I'm on a I'm I'm on a real kick about my health because I lost a lot of family with cancer. So oh. um, yeah, so in uh, we exchange things. Al and I exchange things from. British Columbia to Ontario here and and um yeah, he's organic. This this stuff here. I, I I when I send somebody the seeds, I write down on a piece of paper where the seeds came from and the company and every everything about them so they know the totally organic they can research them themselves. And um, it's great for animals too. You know, yeah, I'd be good. Yeah. So how have you been? I mean, great. I mean, just working very hard. <laughs> uh, but I'm almost done. I was working on the house, so okay. they're going to sell this house soon enough. Um, so I'm working on the house here in the state. It's in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. And I'm on to the next project. I got a couple more lined up, so mm-hmm. at least I'm staying busy. <laughs> Good girl. Good girl. Keeps yeah. us alive, keeps us young. Janine's saying here, ha ha ha, let's get the guy on. What guy Janine you talking about there, sweetie? I don't even know Billy O'Rights. I just typed that in the chat. Billy O'Rights. No, what I said who is Billy? Right uh, or left, something like that. I don't because know. I don't know if I know that name. Billy of Rights. Well, hey, can you, can you guys contact him too? Can you try? Can you help me out here? Because I'm busy working, um, and I try to do what I can do. But hey, if you can get him on here, um, please help me out. Well, yeah, let's get some. Uh, let's get some more people, some more men and women on here. Love to get some mm-hmm. some women, you know, um, for 
strong women out there. Telling you we are joking. <laughs> it is the Bill of Rights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, Janine. I'm I'm so naive. <laughs> no, I don't say that. Um, are you have you ever been to the states here? Um, the only time when I was young, um, Aquila. Oh, I say about nineteen or twenty. And that's a couple of years back. I went across the states to get a case of beer. And we came back because it was cheaper. So I was over by about Niagara Falls. So that's about as far as I've been to the States. Okay. Well, that's, that's the way to do it. You want to come? I, I, just walk know, right across. I, I'm i poor. Um, you know, I just make a living like everybody else. I don't have a lot of money. But um, I don't mind uh, sharing and giving the little bit that I have sometimes. But... No, I haven't been to, been to the states. I've been to Niagara Falls. Oh, just that's good to know. That that's as far as I've been, you know. But other than that, I've been raising four kids, and and uh, now that oh. they're all grown up and moved out, and now now I'm in the common law, and, and um, here I am in this little beautiful village in Ontario, Halliburton. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. As long as you're happy, that's all that matters. I am. I am. I'm grateful to be alive. I enjoy being alive every day. And um, yeah, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know, my friends. Yeah, it's eleven o two. And anybody got anything particular that? Uh, want to chat about should we have a talk show on foods natural foods or what be in summertime springtime or I've got a little little show going but I didn't do it because I, I kind of quit it because I, I can't stay up at night I'm working mm. as some of us are if you don't want me asking what type of work you do uh, I just work at a camp for disabled children. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, so I I do anything and everything that's got to be done. You know, the maintenance. We're putting in floors. We're pu- putting in new walls and construction. I work in okay. construction. I work in, in the, the gardening. You know, we're putting new gardens in and stuff. So mm. it's I love it. It's a camp for yeah. For not so much disabled children, but children that are challenged. What? Children that are challenged, mentally challenged. You know that that have problems that don't know how to socialize. Um, yeah. Whatever. That's that's. I've been working in that for a lot of years, and I really oh. like it. But I have a lot of other hobbies and things that I enjoy to do, but. I get up about five thirty in the morning, and I'm usually wow. I'm usually to bed at nine thirty. Because you know what it's like when you're a woman. You come home, you, you don't just sit down in front of the television mm-hmm. like like some men do. You come home. <laughs> well, I'm sure some women do as well, but you I don't. Home. I watch TV sometimes. I don't watch it as much. Um, well, I do too sometimes. I too. got other things I could be doing. 
Yeah. That. <laughs> you come home from work and you've got to tend to the garden. If you if you want to have any fresh vegetables out in the garden, you and you know you make supper and then you do the dishes and then if you got to have laundry, you do the laundry. So, you know, sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, men that are listening, but um, being being a woman is not just an eight hour job day. You know, it's it's right from the time you wake up till the time you go to bed. And uh, anyway, but I love my life. I'm glad to be alive and yeah, glad to have fr- friends like you guys and and uh, glad to be on these talk shows. Every once in a while, I got to take a break from them. My my kids come to visit. Last week, I skipped out and just let you guys take over the show, but. I, I I love meeting new friends and love you people and these are all an inspiration to me too. So um, yeah, well, that's a good job you're doing helping the children. That's important, I'll say. Oh yeah. I used to yeah, I used to work at a school. I was a teacher. Well, I, you know, for quite some time, and I it's more like a daycare center. Um, oh yeah. And sometimes I used to take the children home. For the weekend, you know, because I don't have any children, so it was it's great. I loved it so. Well, it, it's wonderful to be able. Yeah, to, I love children. I mean, it's great to take care mm-hmm. of others. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Be yeah, the mommy. Well. Be the mommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say I mother them. <laughs> I have. Uh, uh, not only my family members, but you know, I work like I said, I work in a daycare center. So. That that would be fun. I I would enjoy that too, especially working with little kids. You know. Mm. <laughs> I was just reading the chat. <laughs> Always funny sometimes. Okay, yeah. Things they write. Well, I participate sometimes, but it is what it is. <laughs> It's just fun. <laughs> okay, idiote. Don't be sorry. We like women. Oh, I know idiote. We 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 love men too. Yeah. I know, you know I do. Like, I ain't got that twisted. <laughs> no, 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 me either. Um, you know, like like Colin was saying, there's got to be balance, and there's got to be men. There's got to be women. And you know, <clears throat> you'll probably relate to this. Um. In the Bible, it says that that man is supposed to be the head of the family, and like remember, Colin was saying that you know when you discipline a child, or when a husband might say something to a wife, you know there's got to be a balance, you know. But yet, yet the husband still has to listen to the wife too, you know, because the wife's not totally stupid, you know. So, but there has to be a head. The, the man has to make the, the final decision, you know. If he's the one that says, "Okay, this is the roof that we're putting on," and if the roof caves in, well, it's the husband's fault. But uh, yeah, there has to be a balance between the the, the husband and the wife and the children, and um, oh, yeah. you know, the, the same as the. The nature, you know, the trees and the grass and the plants and the birds and the animals and stuff. Everything's got a balance, but it's all freaked up now because of you know, we know who. Um, but anyway, there's no way that we're we're going to be able to fix this balance. But um, 
only God can do that. But anyway, in the meantime, we just have to, you know, study his word and, and find out, you know, how to, how to keep the balance within ourselves and within the government and the crap that's going on now in the world. So, yeah, all we can do is struggle through it and, and, and wait for, you know, wait for God to 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 do his thing, you know, and it, it will happen. It is going to happen because he's not going to allow man to destroy the earth or to destroy his, his creation. So we've got some wonderful things to look forward to. So uh, it's all fun. It's all great. It's, it's going to be fun, too, you know, to to think about the, the wonderful things that we got to look forward to in, the, in God's new, new order, new system, so. Yeah. Well, one just have to know their place and try to do that. Exactly. Yeah, to help you to right. do so, you know, if you have a home and have the children, a uh, husband, a wife, and it's a balance, you know. You have to know what you're supposed to do and do it mm-hmm. and do it well, you know. And work together. Yeah, teamwork, like uh, teamwork and in harmony. Everything has to be in harmony, doesn't it? Love one another, and uh, love conquers all. And if we keep doing that, then, you know, some of these idiots, and pardon me, idiot, <clears throat> that's on the chat board, some of these ones that get on this chat board, I, I would just like to, <laughs> this is where the... It is all good. This is Don't let it get to you. It's just this, words. This is where the sinful part just comes words. out to me. I think, how can people be so rude? You know, how can they be so rude? Anyway, okay, I better let that go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, you know, because I, I, I wasn't brought up when I was young in the Bible or believing in God or, you know, what. I, I've had a, you know, a, a pretty going life too, but when some of these people come on like that, I just like to just direct them, you know, bring this on to my face and see what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, and you know, these talk shows, like I say, these talk shows are, I, I'm hoping to be for generations to be. You know, we're going to be dead and gone, maybe. And these talk shows are hopefully, and these chats are going to be hopefully for. Uh, another generation. So how stupid are we to be talking about stupid things and and some of these people that come on here and and talk about, you know, criticize and uh, ridicule. And, you know, come on, let's let's get serious here. We're on the air. We're on the air. (laughs) Well, you have to be strong, know who you are, and have God to help you stay strong and don't let all that stuff get to you. But at the end of the day, everybody have an opinion, you know, <laughs> and that's the way I look at it. Because I do me, you know, you're and right. I know who I am, and you got to take it to you. And if you can't take it here, how are you going to stand up in t- to the court or someone else is following you? So you got to just cipher through it and take what's good and keep it moving. That's pretty much how I do it. Uh, good points. Good point. Sometimes I say one or two words, you know, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's all good. But you, you have to, you're going to get bad, if you will. You're going to get good. You know, it keeps, I guess, to keep you alive and keep you um, balanced, if you will. Because uh-huh. if the bad didn't come, then you wouldn't know how to appreciate the good, I guess. So it's okay. 
Good points. Thank you. Thank you. Good points. Uh, okay, I'm just looking on the chat board to see if there's anybody that's got any questions. I know some people are from all over the world and they have different hours. But for me, it's 11.12 in Canada, Ontario. And uh, I'm probably good till... Same here. Pardon me? It's the same time here. Oh, is it with you, Chloe? Okay. We're in Northern Virginia, it is. Okay. 11.12 right now. You're writing all these things down, but I'm just looking at the board to see if there's anything that anybody has important that they want to chat about. Please, friends, if there's anything important, let me know. If not, um, I'm going to say goodnight. <laughs> I get to sleep in tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. And I'm going to go and do some gardening and dig into the earth and connect with the earth, connect with our tree, the electricity in the earth. Go barefoot. Go barefoot, people. Check out grounding. Grounding to the earth. We were not born with running shoes. Mm. I'm just checking out the chat board here to see if there's anybody that's got anything. Oh, Idiote is saying, time to go sing. <laughs> uh, thank you, Idiote. That's that's very pleasant. Yeah, that's a good um, good way to end off the evening. Time to go sing. Yeah, let's sing praises to our creator is what we should be doing. <laughs> well, Aquilas, nice to chat with you. You're very inspiring. Thank you, my friend. I'll say a thank you for the way he made me. I'll just put it that way. But thanks anyways. And God bless all. I'll say that. So are you still having your talk shows? Do you have your talk shows on Sunday evenings? Uh, actually, I do not. I changed it to Saturday, but I was going to show. Um, I'm anticipating Wednesday, but we'll see because I'm sort of busy during the week, and I'll have to see. And maybe if Al don't feel like doing the show, then I'll do one. Aren't we all? But, uh, you know, I hope Carl will do one. Tell, tell me what you think. <laughs> tell me what you think about this, Aquila. You know, these these talk shows are just way too darn long. I mean, it's it's not too long if if you've got lots to talk about, but you know it's nice to socialize. But you know, I it's just a thought. I'm thinking if we could say to friends, okay, I want to have our a one to two hour talk show because we're all so busy. If we were going to have a one to two hour talk show about say nutrition or uh, avoid judgments or whatever, biblical. But I think if we said, tell me what you think. I think if we said, I'm going to have a talk show for only one and a half hours or two hours on this specific subject, please drop in if, if, if you're interested when when we know it's going to be a four or five hour show, it's like ah, I don't know where I want to go. So I think we need to cut. That's my opinion. 
think we okay. need, I think we need to cut the times back. Like Aquila, if if you approached me and and uh, you and I, we, we've gotten to know each other, so we've got phone numbers. You could say, "Oh, Sonia, I'm going to have a show on Wednesday night." You know, we're all two hours max because we're all so busy. And then, then you know, I would, you know, be more incentive to say, "Okay, a couple of hours. I'll squeeze a couple of hours out." But these four or five hour talk shows, even tonight, I'm bushed. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm bushed. I'm, well, aren't, I'll aren't say you, this: Aren't you? Aren't you? No, you know, but it depends on each one. I'll put it that way. Is you can start a call, and perhaps someone came from work ten o'clock. I might come from five or six, and they could jump in at any time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, in, you can actually leave the show running, but eventually it will stop by itself. Um, if you well, I, I definitely will, like I've done before. I've done before. Yeah. Instead of yeah, and it, <clears throat> but I know it depends, you. but mm-hmm. I don't plan on going for two hours, three hours, but sometimes it just happens, you know? Oh, yeah. And, well, it, and, it, and you know, sometimes a lot of good come out of it. It does. It's true, folks. Sometimes they're just talking about this stuff, but I wanted to do... Because um, it's like we're so far away, and it's just some good way everybody could sort of meet. It's sort of like a meeting place, so oh, and to nice. talk. And I mean, sometimes it can get scary, <laughs> or not say say scary, but you know, some is long winded. But like when I do my show, I control that. You know, I let them know. You can ask a question, make a comment, and I begin to talk. Then I stop and I say, anyone have a question, comment, and then I continue to talk, you know, or I'll try to ask, answer some questions, you know, you know, I just be sharing, you know, it's part of my life or, you know, how I even got started in this in the first place and mm-hmm. why. Interesting. And, you know, it's a lot to talk about. Um, and, you know, basically I just try to uplift, if you will, and oh. someone has something to say. Yeah. And I try to give others a chance to speak. And maybe there's a part of someone's life they have, they don't have TV, they might not have, you know, no hobby or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe just getting together like this, at least they've been enlightened, maybe um, learning something, and who knows? Well, that's nice. That's nice because we, we, a lot of us here on Skype have been friends, you know, so-called friends for many years. Associates. <laughs> yeah, associates. But yeah, exactly. But we really don't know each other. And if we really want to get to know each other, and of course, everybody's a little leery because you got to watch out for the ones that like popped up tonight, guest 16, ones that just want to be trouble. So, you know, everybody's, a, you know, but we know, you know, through our experiences, Aquila, you and I, and Janine and Law fan, and I'm just looking at, you know, the the friends that are on on the chat tonight. You know, Port's family and Dave, and see the guests. This is what I I'm having trouble with guests. They just want sometimes they want you to guess who they yeah. are. Might be familiar. Maybe we know, maybe, maybe. and they don't want to come on. That's fine. Well, yeah, and maybe maybe they don't know how to sign in as 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 a man.
that could woman. be as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, you got to take the bet with the good, let's just say, if, if that's bad. Yeah, know, well, for I, you. I, I'm not going to yeah. tell any anyone my my personal, you know, yeah, real, no, I don't real do that. personal life if uh, I don't know who they are and, and you know. They, they, yeah, I don't share that. I don't share my email. <laughs> I don't share many things. Yeah. I'm you not, 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 <clears throat> not going to do it. Yeah. And if... If I did know them, whatever, you know, I'm not trying to have my email blown up too many people calling, calling us. No, I don't want all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't mind helping, you know. That's why I say, okay, I'll do a call, and I'll do the best of my ability and knowledge I know, help out. Yeah. But if some people Skype me and want me to encourage well, them, I, and I'm I, like, no way. I, <laughs> I'm not I, interested. I believe that that we can really help each other. Like Colin says, you know, even if, say, for example, um, for those, for my interest, for those who are into gardening, you know, gardening nowadays, um, you know, with Monsanto and um, the authorities taking over that they're they're putting pesticides into our seeds. Just one small example, like if everybody got into organic planting of seeds, um, we we could share. And that's one, why I'm saying to my friends, well, I've got these organic red fife wheatgrass seeds that are, to the best of my knowledge, organic from a man and a woman that we know. And uh, this is very nutritious. And I've got lots to give away. Not for money, so we can get back to the barter system. You know, you might oh, yeah. have, you might have a couple of seeds of something that you know for sure is organic. You know, something like that, or teas, or food. Who, who knows what? Um, you know, hair shampoo, bar bars of soap. We could have fun. Um, you know, um, taking care of each other in, in certain ways, just in our groups here. And um, so I've been doing it. I've been sending stuff, and I can't even keep track. Um, I just keep calling friends and saying, okay, I sent you some chaga. I sent you some seeds. I sent you some oil. I sent whatever. And um, let me know if you get it. Because you, then you got to fight with the postal system because they want to know everything that's in your friggin' envelope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, was it my envelope was not for you? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, but it's just if to keep I, if, I can learn how, I guess, if, if I can learn so. if right. I can figure out how to do that. Yeah. Well, but there's always are, a way. I'll put it that a, way. These are the things we need to learn is how to get through the postal system and say, okay, well, what I have in my envelope is, um, you know, I, I'm going to make a declaration that it's it, it's not going to harm anyone, and mm-hmm. you don't need to know what's in it. Um, because some things they they might consider illegal, so you know I'm yeah. waiting. I'm waiting for someone to say to me, okay, well, you know, you're you're what you're sending to others is illegal. You can always send a sorry to interrupt, but you can always send a if someone is in Niagara Falls and you're on the other side, just draw me right across. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Done. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, though. No, that no. Might be no. Somebody might actually do that. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for a confrontation, and and then I'll yeah. deal with it because I'll say what I'm what I'm sending to to my friends, as far as uh-huh. I'm concerned, is not harmful, and there's no injured party. <laughs> anyway, my my darling, I guess I'll let you go because I'm getting bushed, and I'm gonna. Right. I think Sonia, Sonia can you hear me? Sonia. Hi, Cheyenne. Hi. Make sure whoever you. Get, what you end up mentioning earlier, make sure whoever you're getting seeds from or plants from, mm-hmm. it is back into like the 1900s. Oh my goodness. I don't know if it's that far back. Oh no, you can actually go back 1800s. But I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think the seeds are. But it's not. Oh yes, yes, it is. Um, but who, you have who, to get who, who you have get, to get away from GML. I know, but who can get seeds from back in the 1900s? I can give you some sites, and I probably shouldn't have put that on air. Okay. No, that's okay. But who can afford it? Oh no, it's it's not costly. Yeah, but no, I I got this bag of seeds from Al King. Uh, for free, and his wife Maureen. I mean, and enough that I could send it. I mean, it's it's more organic, I believe, than than any of the crap that is growing in somebody's front lawn. But no, I hear you. I hear you, Cheyenne. Yeah, people think they have good seeds. They think they have good plants, and then they end up giving yeah. you plants or seeds, and here's full of GMO. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, I, I've checked these out. I've checked these out. The check, to the best of my knowledge. But this is why, I, if I sent you, you know, five or ten seeds, or twenty or fifty or a hundred, um, I would give you all the information, Cheyenne, about the company. I got, I got the label, the company, everything. Um, right. This is this is from Canada. These seeds. And I would let you check it out also. So if you found something that you thought was bad, you can let me know. But I give you all the information of where I got No. No? Diane? Hello? You might have got cut off again. Lost her again. (laughs) It's all good. What I'm going to do is put yourself in my... I'm sorry, I'm going to put myself in your will. (laughs) What? As I'm eating a banana with peanut butter. Anyone have a banana with peanut butter? I love it. Uh On a sandwich? Mm. Mm. No, just plain. (laughs) On a plate. That is so good, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I used to babysit a girl. Talk about Actually, a family. I know. And she would have it on bread. And I never had it, bananas and peanut butter on a bread. I thought she was weird. I ended up going home, and I ended up doing banana and peanut butter. I'm like, oh, my God. This girl knows what she's talking about. And she was probably like seven years old. <laughs> wow. But that is so good. How are you doing, Cheyenne? I should have put cinnamon on it and maybe cinnamon. some ginger. Oh, you can put whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. who 
who makes recipes? Like I've had friends say, oh, you got to follow the recipe. No, I don't. What do you mean? Who makes the recipes? We make our own recipes. If I don't like garlic, then I'm going to use leek. So, right. Uh, right. Mm. <laughs> so this is makes, good. It's man, man or woman that makes You're eating and tempting us with the peanut butter and banana dish. <laughs> yes, I did. Excuse, excuse me, Cheyenne, but you bitch. <laughs> that is okay. Hey, it's very easy to make banana and peanut butter. One a dish. You, 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 actually, I would add probably maybe some cinnamon. A little cat, dash of cinnamon. Yeah. Cinnamon is very good for you. Okay. Well, you think because you're getting wired up to go all night, the rest of us no, are. No, no, no. I think you do. Yeah, no. you're, you're getting freaking wired up. <laughs> nope. I might eat an orange or an apple. Apple with peanut butter is good, too. And what time is it in, on the land that you live in? On? Oh, well, it's only 11.29. Uh, it's 11.29 my clock, too. Right. Well, I'm going down with my girlfriends. Oh, I know. You're just such I, old, old, I'm old lady. I'm such a party pooper. You are. Yep. I am. <laughs> watch, watch, Johnny, go to her kitchen. Head over peanut butter and a banana. Johnny, <laughs> are you okay? You laugh. You sound happy. That's good. slow boat to China. No, she says she's too tired. She's not going? I'm about an hour away from Jersey Shore. Sure. So I'm thinking, you know, that's been coming up to my mind. Maybe I need to go up there. I used to go take a ride from Pennsylvania to uh, Jersey and, and just sit on the beach at nighttime. Then I'm talking years, years ago. Yeah, and I can tell Cheyenne's talking. She's wired up from that peanut butter and banana. <laughs> she's what? Wired up. <laughs> she wants some. No, I said you're wired. Wired? Oh, me? Like, yeah, oh, you no, know. no. Lively. Let's just say lively. Shall we Li- say? Lively. <laughs> no, I walked away from Collins 
use and call in and show and I had to finish cooking. I did um reheat of lasagna I made the other night. Then I had hamburger, I ended up cooking that up and I made uh manwich with garlic and green peppers. I put that off to the side, put that in in a uh, Tupperware. So we had lasagna, French bread. Um, then I finished up the tractors. So I had to uh, wash and wax. And then I came in here and did some more boxes. Uh, and in the meantime, I kept putting the phone down because I don't have a wireless speaker. So I always had to have my phone plugged in. Yeah, go ahead. You sound great. You sound lively. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm just... You might have some in the lively water, too. You sound But great. I don't know. I don't have first hand knowledge on that, but it's okay. Okay. Sound Maybe great. a lot of things are going to um, come my way. <laughs> Thank you okay. very much for the affirmation. Look, you you sound great. Um, I Send me an address when you can, and I'm going to send. I'm you going to put it. I'm going to put trouble. it. I already, Sonia. Mm-hmm. We already talked about this before. I know. I'm going to put my address in the bubble. Address. I'm going to. I'm going to give it to you. Do you listen to me? I'm trying. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> well, I haven't got. I haven't. I haven't got it, sweetie. I haven't got it. Well, I didn't send it yet. Well, that's why I, I just got it. done telling you. I got to make sure <laughs> that envelope is loaded because of the cost. No, and you no, got I... done saying as well because of the cost. No, oh, well, hello, Sonia. You and I spoke about this earlier. Cheyenne, also <laughs> no, Sonia. Cheyenne, also Sonia. Oh my! I'll send. I'll send you my envelope. And I am working, so I'll send a couple of bucks to cover postage now. No, Sonia. Postage, postage can get friggin' expensive. I've sent stuff out. Now, I'm not not. Complaining. Oh, yeah, that might be an idea. If you send 10, 12 you bucks, 10, 12 bucks for postage. Right, but what I'm saying, Sonia, if you send it in here to the States. That's in Canada. Yeah, you send it to the States to yeah. one. Instead of trying to send to so, three or four of us, if you would send me, since I'm working, I, I, excuse me, uh, Aquila wants she wants in on this deal. Sorry, Aquila, you're no, still into your no. no sorry, okay. Aquila, Here we go. you're still into your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I told you she's you're lively tonight, Cheyenne. But you're still into your dreams. Oh no, my it's not much of a dream, it's a reality for me. I told all you. All right. Hey Sonia. 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 Yes. You and I are Aquila's flower girls. Okay. Send, send me what? your address on Skype and um I'm gonna send you an envelope. But I'm trying to fill it up before I send it. Hopefully I'll I'll Today's Friday. I don't Hopefully. want your envelope. I want your address. I know that, sweetheart. Send it to me, Skype. No, I won't put it on Skype. Paranoid lady. Oh, no, reality lady. Okay. Oh, 
I won't do that. So I'm going to send you stuff. I want to make sure the envelope is sealed. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go from there. Okay, well, I, that's I'm, all. I'm anxious. Okay. All right. You're the all boss. All right, Smith You're the boss, my dear. Oh, not the boss. <laughs> I just want to make sure the envelope is filled yeah. when I send it. That's well, all. Thank you. Well, I, I, you, you got a big envelope, so I'd send you a couple of bucks for the envelope and the. Po- oh my post- God! Please, hey, Sonia. No, no it just it stop it. No, it just costs, stop. It costs stop. ten, twelve stop. bucks. Ten, ten, twelve bucks for each. And I've been sending a lot of them out. Exactly. So I'm going to make sure it's sealed. All right. Okay. Sonia, you and have gonna, a You know what, number? Sonia? Hold on. Sonia, I'm going to make sure I'm going to put in scotch tape for you to tip your mouth. Anyway, Sonia, you have a phone number? You have a phone number, right? Yes, one eight hundred. No, that's all my Sonia. Anyway, right, it is. Sonya, and I'll just it's call you. One eight hundred. Go men. All right, Sonia. No, don't. I, I'm not putting anything here on this talk. talk no, 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 show. no, no. I said oh. I'll Skype you. I'll Skype you later. Oh. Okay. Or email well, you either way. We've talked, Quilla, on the phone. Yeah, but that's the Skype phone. I was saying you. Anyway, okay. I'll type in my number to you, and then you can call we, me when you get a will, chance. We will do, yeah. But I was just going to call you because it's free for me to call Canada, so it's no big deal. Okay. Well, I can call the states. Free. All righty. Okay. I'll start you later. All right. Cheyenne, you enjoy your meal, my dear. I already ate bananas and peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me hungry. I don't want to go to bed and think about eating. Well, yeah. bananas and peanut butters won't um, make you fat. It's healthy. Chaga. Oh, I want some of that, sweetheart. Okay. I want some of that. Well, give me an address. I wrote it down. You can put it in the envelope. I'm, again, I'm trying. What do you really want? I already got two things. Oh, I, I don't get know. You that more. That I got to get you more. The clay. You were talking uh, I, about yes, the clay and the parasites. And the parasites, yes. Yeah. And the toxics, yes. What else? No, whatever. what do you got that I don't have? I know, that's what I'm trying to... Again, I want to put everything in one envelope. Oh, thank you. I don't know. Well, I'm home for the weekend, and um, I'll have to give you a call, Cheyenne. Do you have seeds? Yeah. Free from GMO seeds because I, I won't. Yeah, I do. I have um, green peppers right now. Yeah. I've got red fife, wheatgrass. That's all I've got that I know are GMO uh, free. To the yeah, see, I, I lost most of my seeds. Probably we end up getting from this um, one catalog years ago. It was GM, GMO as free. And then after that, we ended up going to farmers and got, and we ended up getting their seeds, plants and seeds. 
And you would not believe how many farmers were like, screw the government. And I wish I could find... Since my computer went to this one guy, I mean, stuff has just really has been disappearing. Actually, probably before that. But I can't find that one thing that I was quoting to um, Colin. And that was huge. Mm -hmm. But actually, it was updated with the guy that did the... um, uh, he was adverse. He was like a squatter in Georgia, and I was trying to find that call, and he was just rolling out the code. And I know, I, I I know for a fact I written that down, but through eviction, who knows? Where Sonia, you cannot believe the shit we are missing. You cannot believe. Things that were stolen, broken. You just want to cry. And then when you go back and read of all the shit, and that's all it is. It's they are going after your freaking twin. That's all it is. No. That's all it is. So how do you get yeah, that yeah, when, when you end up telling them hello right. and you do it in small little words and they still want to fucking screw with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the evil. It's the evil, eh? It's the evil in the world. It's the evil in the system. It's the evil. Like I said, you know, man is not going to be able to remove it. No way. No way. Because the the... the the power is beyond us. The power is beyond us because it's in the spirit realm. So we just do what we can and we just pray to God. And well, the man or woman should not be in court, period. The court is at your own home. I do believe that. There, okay. And I'm if going you to go bed. to the courthouse... I'm going to bed, darling. I know, sweetheart. I know, I'm sorry. We'll talk soon. Okay, well, um, I've got everything ready for you, a little envelope, and let's let's chat tomorrow. Um, well, I've got your number. I'll call you tomorrow. I've got my little notepad here. Call Shia. <laughs> I do. Have that will be four weeks from now. <laughs> well, put a date behind that. Well, yeah. Well, I need, I need, I need an address, sweetheart. I need an address. Put a date behind that. Okay. I'll call Cheyenne. Put a date behind it. Put a date behind that. Why, why and then you, in four months, why you'll say, you, "Oh my God, I well, never called Cheyenne." Why can't you send your address to me? I gave you all the information. I will give it to you over the phone. Over the phone. Yes. Okay. Well, I gave you mine, Skype. Oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. I don't care. Anybody wants to talk to me, they can talk to me. Okay, my kiddos. Thank you, everybody, for coming again. I gotta go. I'm bombed. And um, oh, don't say that word, bombed. It's quarter to twelve, and the show is gonna shut down here shortly. So, uh, so yeah. Sonia is saying good night. She's happy. Everyone has shown. She's going to have good vibes for all of us and herself, love and light. 
peace, prosperity, health. She's throwing it all out to all of us, and we are throwing it back to her. We thank her for having this call tonight. Blessings to all. Thank you, Cheyenne. And and thank you, everybody. Call it Janine. Sharon Music, just come on and call it. Everybody, and and I, Mike, Mike Miller, he he dropped in for a while. Ollie is Roddy. Oh, he did? I missed him. Yep. No, he was on. He didn't Mm. say anything. But anyway, thanks, thanks, Cheyenne. Okay, love yous all very much, and uh, love you. And uh, let's let's keep fighting as a community and keep hanging. Oh, we're not fighting; we're having victory. Okay, nice watch way. your words, sweetheart. Okay, I know you're the lady with the words. Love you. Okay, Cheyenne, enjoy your your uh, meal tonight. And I already ate. I know you're making me hungry, peanut butter. And <laughs> you, you enjoy yours. <laughs> I don't know. I'm too tired to eat now. But anyway, um, I hope to talk. Strawberries, peanut butter. <laughs> I hope bananas, blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to talk, talk to you over the weekend. <laughs> I'm happy to do that. Sweet, Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Good night, Shane. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Gotta go. <laughs> go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm.